R.I.P. Fifth. Fifth of what? Fifth. Five Iron Frenzy. Does nobody call them Fifth? Five Iron Frenzy? Who's that? <laughs> I don't know, but they're either dead or dying. <laughs> well, oh, so welcome back. <laughs> back to the podcast. Um, this week we are talking about Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying, both versions. Right. We're including them as one episode. Yes. It's, you know, there's two songs, there's two versions, the fake ska version, or the wannabe ska version, and the real version. Two um, sides, one seven inch. Yep. Are they are they both I on each opposite side? I don't know. Sides? I said that, but I, I don't remember. We'll have to look that up. Go. We have it. They're over there. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go over there. <laughs> Where'd you leave it? Is it there? They're they're in the record cabinet. They're in the record cabinet. Yeah. They're underneath. Yeah. Okay. I was totally wrong. It's two discs. It's it's not two different seven inches. Yeah. That's right. I don't think about this a lot, but yes. We're, <laughs> we're, we got a lot to talk about. You're with so kerfluffled today. I'm a little kerfluffled. Let me get into it. But because there's so much going on, it's another crossover episode. Mm-hmm. Second this month, I think. Mm-hmm. Although this is coming out in May, so never mind. We're recording this in April, but it's coming out in May. The bunch of stuff to talk about this week because we're going to generally be talking about Five Iron Frenzy and our knowledge and experience listening to that band. Then we'll be talking about the actual Reliant K song. Maybe a little bit about what I understand to be their relationship, especially at the time and the around the time Five Our Frenzy initially broke up in 2003. So, yeah, I guess no top of the show business this week. Let's just, we got so much to do. Yeah, slip those, slip those vinyls out. So, I want to yes, see what the... I recall now that these are part of the vinyl countdown one and two. Which were, if I'm not mistaken, Reliant K's first seven inches. They're like Marilyn Monroe red. That's what this one is. <laughs> and the other one is like a clear red. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I don't know if the Vinyl Countdown seven inches have been reprinted a bunch. Yeah, this one's a reprint. Okay, our Vinyl Countdown 2 is a reprint. It says copyright 2003, copyright 2015. So uh, what's the? is there a copyright on that one? Yeah, but that's just... I don't know, maybe for when they originally came up with a song. And okay, then this is a reprint. No, so this is my understanding. I, me- I remember this. So, okay. Yeah, so overall, we're getting right into it. Five Iron Frenzy was, just to start, just to create the baseline, Five Iron Frenzy was, I can't imagine no one's aware, but they were like the Christian ska punk band. They're very popular, super nerdy band. A lot to talk about with, about them. There's another podcast you can check out that we'll be meeting with today <laughs> called Magnified Pod, who go far more in depth with them. So yeah. there might not be, there's only so much we can go in depth with them. But when Fiverr and Frenzy broke up in 2003, they had a whole year lead up to their breakup. They had the whole thing planned out with release. They self-released their, their, what was meant to be their last record so they could get into the hands of fans before their final tour. But then the, that record was actually fully released like in retail after they broke up. And Fiverr and Frenzy, during that same lead-up year of Fiverr and Frenzy breaking up, wrote these two songs. And I remember hearing these songs well before they were, you know, a year or two before they were recorded. I remember hearing them all the time because 2003 is still Wait, pinnacle. Wait, Fiverr and Frenzy wrote them or Reliant sorry, K wrote them? Sorry, <laughs> Reliant K wrote them. And 2003 is still pinnacle time of me seeing Reliant K multiple times a year. And they played this song all the time, whether they were playing with Fiverr and Frenzy or not. All of 2003, they would play this song live. And then eventually they recorded it, and it was initially only available 
on the Vinyl Countdown 1 and the Vinyl Countdown 2. And if I'm not mistaken, these are the first... We own reprints from a couple years ago, but the Vinyl Countdown 1 and 2 were the first 7 inches that Relying K ever released. That's why... The song on that's why the song on the first one is Vinyl Countdown. The whole point was we're gonna we're Relying K, we only release CDs that you may want to throw away. (laughs) Well, you learn something new every day. I was excited about this episode because I'm like Danny's gonna gonna fill me with knowledge. Yeah. So on the Relying K side of it is this was the beginning of Relying K releasing vinyl. I'm pretty sure. I'm. Mm. I mean, maybe some of the full lengths. I'm sure if I looked at Discogs. I could figure this out, but maybe some of the full lengths had limited 12 inch pressings, but this was in 2003, this was a big deal. I remember on their website, it's like, Hey, we're releasing special seven inches. We're doing this punk rock thing of releasing seven inches. And the song on the first one is about how everyone should enjoy vinyl. And this is before the vinyl revolution of, you know, 2000, I think the, I mean, I mean, I think everyone has a different feeling of when the vinyl revolution starts, but I feel like it generally starts around 2011. Like, yeah. Is that when, like, it probably before that? It's like a slow build. Around then, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's must be research out there about the history of where vinyl sort of rebuilds its popularity. But anyway, they put those two songs on their two from their first two seven inches. Now I want an original pressing from 2003. <laughs> Because I never owned these. I had a few records growing up. Like, my grandmother had a record player that I would play them on. And once in a while, I would see a record that was, like, cheap. And it looked, looked, and I bought them as collector's items because I didn't actually have a record player I could easily use when I was in high school and in community college. So, like, my rarest thing is I have the um, Live at Gilman 7-inch for Green Day, which has... It has when I come around on it, but it's a, when it has a different title. It's like now I come around or something. Uh-huh. We have it over there somewhere. I haven't played it in years, but yeah, at the time I was thinking like, should I get the Relying K seven inches in two thousand three? And I was like, eh, maybe not. And then eventually, someone ripped the MP threes <laughs> <laughs> from these seven inches in two thousand three, and I was able to get them that way. And then of course, by two thousand eight, both these songs end up on. Uh, Burn, Burn the, the B sides. sides, which I just realized we broke one of our. This week we're breaking one of my cardinal rules, which is not to return to the same album mm. within four weeks of each other. We're right. doing another Burden the B sides track right after we did for the band, which was a Burden the B sides track. But I think of for the band more as an employee of the month there song, <laughs> EP song. So. Yeah. Anyway, I had no idea these existed because I was like an internet foe back in the day. (laughs) So like when I was discovering bands and music that I really liked, like Reliant K, it did not really occur to me that you could go online and like look for stuff. Right. Like I just went to iTunes because it was there. You know, I went to the record store to buy something. I did have a record player as well. When I was in Restoration Hardware with my parents, I saw they had like a cool one. And I was like, can I get this? And they got it for me. And then I busted out my parents' old record uh, collections. So there was like, I was listening to a lot of Herman's Hermits because that was my mom's like favorite band in high school. (laughs) Nice. I'm just looking at the rest of our vinyls. And yeah, they're all reprints of the vinyl. So Mm. it's interesting. This this song is sort of a linchpin of multiple things in Reliant K history. Right. Not only is it the linchpin, in, is it not only is it a place where you can discuss Fiverr and Frenzy 
and how it's always been my perception that like Fire and Frenzy was a bigger band for all the time that they were around until they broke up in 2003. Fire and Frenzy was a bigger band than Reliant K. But Reliant K, that momentum just kept building. And then past 2003, Reliant K, I would, I would think, got bigger than Fire and Frenzy ever did. Similar in a way to all my multiple theories about the relationship between MXPX and Blink-182. Because we've never talked about this on this show. <laughs> Jessica's like, ah, yes. <laughs> She's heard, I think you've heard me talk about this before. But yeah. MXPX, for a sliver of time, was a bigger band than Blink-182. Which a lot of people don't believe when I say it. But it's true. <laughs> because Life in General, which was their first major breakthrough album, that came up before Dude Ranch, which was mm. the equivalent for Blink-182. Like Short Cheshire Cat was a big record for Blink-22 at the time, but it wasn't a major break. Nothing on Cheshire Cat was really on, like, Kiss 108 in Boston. It wasn't on the pop channels. Like, Damn It was on pop channels. Josie Mm -hmm. was on, like, pop channels. So Dude Ranch is their biggest album, but Life in General came before it. Uh, Point is, (laughs) I see that there's a parallel in my mind where MXPX was bigger than Blink-22 for a short while, and here you have Fiverr and Frenzy being bigger than Reliant K for a short while. But then Fiverr and Frenzy bounces. (laughs) They're like, we're out of here. I thought your tie-in was going to be that Magnified Pod is called Magnified Pod because they started their first season with MXPX. There's that that too. It's just a rich, (laughs) rich tapestry of coincidences. And then the other thing that it ties into Reliant K history is, like I just said, these tracks were the beginning of the 7-inch series, which continues to this day up until, you know, I think, I guess the most recent ones would be number 14 and Friday the 13th. Yeah, I actually have a, uh, a Facebook post from Reliant K um, from October 15th, 2015. And it says, going back to our punk rock roots, we decided to make some limited edition seven inch releases. We have several of this type of series planned over the next year. At the end, there will be a limited edition box available to store all your seven inch copies in. This is series one, seven, each seven inches limited to a thousand units. And then it's the creepy piece or the creepy seven inch Side A, Softer to Me Acoustic. Side B, Jefferson Airplane Original Version. Uh, the next one is The Vinyl Countdown 1. Side A, The Vinyl Countdown. Side B, Five Iron Frenzy is Either Dead or Dying. Uh, the next is The Vinyl Countdown 2. Side A, Nothing Without You. Side B, uh, Five Iron Frenzy is Either Dead or Dying. Ska Version. Well, man, maybe I'm totally wrong. No, I can't be wrong. I, well, Am I having a Berenstein moment? Because I'm looking at... The Vinyl Countdown on Discogs, and it's like, released 2014. I'm like, really? There wasn't? Uh, so maybe I'm crazy, but I could have sworn The Vinyl Countdown was released the first time on vinyl. And ha- Yeah, because they were on the Bird and the B-Sides. They had to be released previously before they got put on Bird and the B-Sides. So I swear, but I'm not f- figuring this out on Discogs, that there had to have been a vinyl release of vinyl countdown one and two like that predates their big series of seven inches that yeah. kind of was more recently i i don't know we haven't done that song yet i can't, <laughs> I can't we'll figure I it out you know what done on it. i'm sure a lot of people will write in correct us if i'm totally wrong i swear vinyl countdown one and two were released in 2003 in limited quantities 
if I'm wrong, someone corrects me. <laughs> I'm not seeing it on Discogs. But like I said, how could those songs, where were those songs released before they ended up on Bird and the B-Sides? Yeah, I don't know. So this is not something we figured out, but we will figure it because we got so much to talk about this week. We're really talking yeah. about Fiverr and Frenzy. We're going to be talking with the guys from Magnified Pod. So we're really focusing on Fiverr and Frenzy. When we do the song Vinyl Countdown, we will have figured out all of the history of the 7-inch series and where the Vinyl Countdown and 1 and 2 were first released. A side bird in the B-sides note is... I never noticed it before, but so Burn the B-Sides is categorized on Google as country music. Oh, yeah. You showed (laughs) me that today. I found it. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) I found the proof that I'm not insane. So talk. So, so yeah, I know you showed me. You're like, Burn the Mm B-Sides is categorized as country music. Well, there's one country song on there. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Good. Here it is. I remember. And man, it goes for a lot of money now. The Vinyl Countdown was a 2002, December 22nd, 2002. I'm sure it was hard to get it in time for Christmas if it was released that early to Christmas, that soon to Christmas. The Vinyl Countdown is totally different cover. Jess, if you, I'm sorry, I'm showing my phone. Oh, yeah. A totally different cover than the 7-inch series with the simple cardboard sleeves and the stickers but on top. But it does have the dynamite, which yeah. is on the, the label. So this was a special vinyl EP that they put out. And um, it looks like, yeah, I was mistaken to say there was a vinyl countdown 1 and 2 originally. There was just the vinyl countdown okay. with, on side A was the vinyl countdown and Fire and Frenzy is Dead or Dying, the punk version. And on side B was We're Nothing Without You and... The Fiverr and Frenzy Dead or Dying Ska version. See, see, earlier when I got it wrong, I, I was referencing that one, Dan. <laughs> and I these was referencing the original. And these are pricey now. I wish I should have bought wow. one at the time. It's gone on Discogs. It's gone for as much as one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Wow. Right now, the most expensive one online is is seventy-five dollars. The cheapest one is forty. So yeah, I wish I'd gotten gotten one of these at the time. And it was released by Mono versus Stereo. Now I have to wonder if. This is like one of the early or first things that Mono vs. Stereo put out. Because yeah. I remember hearing Mono vs. Stereo and never digging deeply into what it is, mm-hmm. what it was at the time. But thinking like, oh, what's Mono vs. Stereo? And I feel like the release of this in 2000, I thought it was 2003, it was December 2002. Thinking um, that being the first time I heard of Mono vs. Stereo. Yeah. Well, I did do a little bit of a deep dive this week. Oh, good. And I found a blog from theartsywriter.wordpress.com. And it's called Five Iron Frenzy. They were really, really, really good. (laughs) And it says, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, at the turn of the millennium, there was a great ska band known as Five Iron Frenzy, or FIF. They were a great or fifth or fifth. <laughs> they were a great band that gave us the gift of six years, 90, 1997 to two thousand three, of awesome, goofy, humorous, and trumpet-filled ska songs. They were <laughs> well, I like trumpet. Okay, it's just that's <laughs> that's a sentence that sounds clever when you say it, but it's like well, they had trumpet, saxophone, and trombone. <laughs> They Sorry. were <laughs> just like okay. They were even sillier than Um actually they didn't just have trumpet. <laughs> they were even sillier than Reliant K, like way sillier. One of their best EPs, Quantity is Job n- 1, includes 
These Are Not My Pants, the rock opera. This goofball song series is about the epic saga of pants without an owner and is done in different styles of music ranging from meatloaf to heavy metal. They're close heavy metal. He's like 80s heavy metal. <laughs> there, there is an awesome YouTube rendition of it where some teenagers with too much time on their hands reenact the entire opera. One of FIF's best songs is also found on this EP, My Evil Plan to Save the World, probably one of the catchiest songs ever. Reliant K did a tribute to them on their last B-side slash EP, The Bird and the B-sides. No, they didn't do it on that. They collected it to that. (laughs) They did it on the original Vinyl Countdown. Their tribute consists of two songs. Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying, and Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying wannabe ska version. Both are full of tongue-in-cheek Reliant Canis, which is truly an homage to the great FIF. Thus, with Reliant K, I say Five Iron Frenzy. They were good. They were good. They were really, really, really good. Five Iron Frenzy, and when you see them... Yeah, Five Iron Frenzy, and when you see them, we really, really think you They're should... They're just quoting the lyrics, I get it. ...for being so cool and so awesome, and thank you for being so neato. Look at their teeth and then tell them to floss them. I think Reese Reese is wearing a Speedo. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, this comes back to the thing I felt about For the Band, which was like, people, most people heard this song, these songs, the Five Iron Frenzy songs, for the first time on Bird and the B-Sides. Right. Which is a little obnoxious because Jessica almost dropped her phone. Sorry about that. (laughs) Which is a little obnoxious because this song had existed for years before that right you know what i mean um i don't remember the exact timeline of fiber and frenzy announcing their breakup but i definitely remember that like long year lead up to it and then i guess when did the hmm (laughs) you think about it i'm like when did the actual last show take place did it take place in 2002 no it took hmm you were at it weren't you I was at it. Oh, yeah. that's the other thing is I was at the final Fiber and Frenzy concert, which Reliant K played at. Okay, so we're getting out of order here. But, okay. I don't know the exact <laughs> timeline. By the way, I'm constantly getting years wrong. I hinted at it before, but all during our For the Band episode, I was referring <laughs> to Burden the B-Sides as a 2009 record. No, that's Forget Not Slow Down. Burden the B-Sides 2008. People should know this in general about me as you listen to our podcast. I get years in the ballpark correct area. And I do care about getting them right. But when I'm like on a bent of talking about something, I'll generally get something wrong in like a year or two. But I'm not like one of these people who will say, you know, like 10 years ago when Napster was big. And it's like 10 years ago is 2010. Right. (laughs) It's like there's people who will say 10 years ago, meaning the 90s. And you're like, the 90s was 20 years ago at least 30 years ago really so i don't do that you know what i mean and it's so seldom that i will ever correct you because i probably don't know the i don't think it really matters that much i do care i want people to know i care about getting the facts right but if i'm ballpark correct and i don't think about it until we're editing the podcast i'm like oh okay i got that wrong I did it again. I did something similar for myself. For myself, I know we were editing the podcast. I was like, I kind of accidentally, if you did the math when I talked about when I graduated, I accidentally made it sound like I graduated in 1998. Wow. I was listening to myself talk about 
how I didn't start going to local shows because we were talking about for the band. I'm like, right. I didn't, I didn't start going to local shows until my senior year, but then I refer to 2002 as four years after I'd been going oh. to local shows. So really, I'd probably been going to local shows since my junior year. Oh man, you would be like a massive because I graduated in 2001. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I graduated in 2001, the summer before 9/11. Remember that summer before 9-11? Yeah, it was the summer before I started high school. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And 9-11 ties back into the, my personal memories and the relationship and the actual relationship between Five Iron Frenzy and Reliant K because the Electric Youth Tour was a big deal for me in 2001 uh, when... Five Iron Frenzy. It was basically Five Iron Frenzy was the headliner, but I remember feeling like Reliant K was a co-headliner or whatever. They were. Yeah. Five Iron Frenzy was bigger on the poster, but it was like, come see Reliant K and Five Iron Frenzy and whoever else was opening for them. I don't recall right now. Um, and I went to that show. I went to that tour twice, and I had forgotten that it was the week after 9 <laughs> like, 11. Oh, wow. Because I remember Reese Roper. I remember Reliant. I kind of remember Reliant K not making a comment about 9-11, deciding we're the opening band or whatever, and just not making any particular reference to it. But then Reese Roper at some point during Fire and Frenzy set saying, you know, we know this is scary times, confusing, <laughs> very prescient to, to 2020. Yeah. But <laughs> at least you could have a concert to go to, <laughs> to feel better about the state of the world in, in after 9-11. But I remember Reese Rover saying, like, oh, it's, it's, you know, confusing times, but we're all glad to, we almost canceled the tour, but we wanted to be here with all of you. And over the years, as I recall that show, part of me was like, you start to get more distant from the real, the real emotion. Everyone's like, never forget. Mm -hmm. But you can never, you know, if you weren't personally impacted by it, like, know someone who died or, or was close to the situation, like, Unfortunately, the further away you get from 9-11, the more like a shadow it starts to feel. And that's how I would start to feel, right? So over the years, I would think back to Reese Roper's statement about how, oh, we wanted to be here because, you know, we didn't want to cancel the tour for because of what happened. And I think like, was that really necessary? Did they have to do that? Like, couldn't they just, you know, kind of left it where it was? And then I looked at Fiverr and Frenzy's tour history because they have their entire tour history saved on their website. And I'm like, oh, no, it was the week after 9-11 it happened. Yeah. And so they would they yeah. had to make a comment. Oh, yeah. Like, so I was, and I felt bad that I had had been rewriting history in my mind. And But see, I often move the dates of things. Right. <laughs> like, I have all these memories, but I can't collate them into a proper time frame all the time. Also, travel was really, you know, yeah. uh, kind of up, up in the air, kind of off at that at that time. Right. So I would imagine, like, doing a tour would be difficult to, to get around or yeah. whatever, but yeah. So, Fiverr and Frenzy, I felt like they really helped Reliant K build their audience at that time. And I was a huge fan of Fiverr and Frenzy. And yeah, they're a super goofy band, but they also had Christian lyrics and they were also clean. So your parents, because moms could like them too and all that stuff. <laughs> but whenever we come across, I don't think of Fiverr and Frenzy when we come across these, but whenever we come across these Reliant K reviews, they get angry that Fiverr and Frenzy have funny, goofy songs. And they're like, why can't they be serious? Or why can't they sing more about Jesus? Why do they have to have these 
pointless songs about because Sadie Hawkins dances. Because those bands exist, and if that's yeah. what you want, go listen to those bands. Yeah. Give everybody else their silly, fun bands. Like, that's the thing, <laughs> is like, everyone's allowed to write anything they want. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how f- boring would the world be if only every song was of one type. Yeah. Like there used and to everyone can make their art their own way. Yeah. Like an artist doesn't owe it to you. Reliant K didn't owe it to us to give us another forget and not slow down. They were allowed to make a collapsible lung. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was their choice. Yeah. And that's totally fine. They're bands are allowed to go in whatever direction they want. So um you have to stick to one thing. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but Fiverr and Frenzy definitely got the same short shrift. Of people saying, like, why do you... Although, I guess being a ska band, maybe some people would understand a little bit better. Right. Like, because ska is a goofier type of music. Yeah. It takes a certain amount of... It takes a certain lack of shame to be in a ska band. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's like, well, we're going to sing... Are you telling me ska's not serious music? <laughs> there are very serious ska bands, obviously. There are bands that are, like, politic. You know, like this... Like, um... It depends. <laughs> Sorry, I just started politi- singing "Married Girl" in my head. Popping <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> along. Yeah, so like there, there are dignified ska bands like the Slackers, and um, like any, uh, most anything sort of first wave style, any first wave bands, the Scottalites, even a band like. Um, but I was gonna say some politically bent bands like Bad Boys, Bad Boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do <laughs> no, when they come for you? What's that called? Inner Circle. <laughs> Jessica and I went to reggae night (laughs) at the Hollywood Bowl Bowl, like two, three years ago. It was Bob Marley's birthday and two of his sons, Ziggy Marley and another one that I can't remember his name, they were going to be there playing a complete Bob Marley tribute set. And I'm like, well, I guess this is the closest we could ever get to see Bob Marley live. So we got to do it. And did they do the, did he do the Arthur theme? No, he didn't. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I just no, was like, he, it was my only... dream for him to do that or and he didn't or if it actually happened. That would be amazing. <laughs> if It's a Bob Marley tribute. So it's a tribute to their father's like wood. I can't remember. I think it was like his would be 70th birthday or something. I don't care, Danny. I want to hear. And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. <laughs> That's my favorite ska song. So, but what Jessica was referencing was that Inner Circle. Oh, and I also went because the Scottalites opened. Mm-hmm. It was the Scottalites, Inner Circle, and Bob Marley's sons playing an all Bob Marley set. So I was like, I had never seen the Scottalites live. I'm like, want to go for that. This is the closest we could ever probably get to see Bob Marley live is seeing his two sons play a tribute set. So let's go to that. I didn't know who Inner Circle was. I'm like, I've heard of them, but I don't know what they do. And then they had these signs and merchandise that said Bad Boys of Reggae, but that didn't click in our brain nope. until Inner Circle's set was ending and then they played Bad Boys, Bad Boys, What You Gonna like, Do? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly also like when I took you to see Colby Callier, which is who's sort of a reggae artist. She has reggae songs. So good. <laughs> and they played, was it not Chelsea Peretti? What's her name? Um, <laughs> That's the comedian. <laughs> Nah, did I erase it from your um, brain with that? You did, actually. Oh, man. And I just posted about this. What's the name of that song from Twilight? <laughs> the Thousand Years Song. I don't know what it's actually called. <laughs> but you can see my socks was talking about that. He's like, whatever happened to her? And I think maybe Brady Sullivan popped in on that, too. I don't remember now. But uh, basically Christina a couple months Perry. ago. Christina Perry. Yeah. We, ha- we were like, named again, 
Jessica wanted to see Colby Callier. Yeah. And we were like, Christina Perry sounds familiar. We should check out what she does. Never got around to it before the show. And we're sitting there watching the whole show. And then she plays A Thousand Years to close her set. And we're like, oh. She does the Twilight song. Got it. Yeah. It's exactly the same as the first time I saw Reliant K. I was like, who is this? And they played Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend. I'm like, oh. That's, I'm completely making that up. That's a joke. So as I was saying, some ska bands are dignified and serious. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Like, I would say the uh, more punk ones that maybe don't have horns, like uh, Suicide Machines, very political. But then you have, like, Biggie and the Kids Table, who, uh, who orally sound very similar to Five Iron Frenzy. They're that, like, typical third-wave ska punk sound. And they have some goofy, fun songs. Not, like, super goofy, like Five Iron singing about pants. But Big D has some goofy songs. But then they have some very political songs. Dave from Big D and the Kids Table, is, like, writes poetry and has spoken, a spoken word album and stuff. So he, he has, like, a certain poetic sense to his lyrics that comes through. So does Reese Roper. <laughs> They're very... Rancid. I'm not putting down one to put up the other. Yes. Rancid. Have, oh, they have that ska compilation. Yeah. Which, so, on another ska band, The Insiders. You remember The Insiders? Jessica knows The Insiders. I do, because The Insiders was the only ska band specifically that I was familiar with. It was also the only other Christian-specific band outside of Reliant K that I was familiar with when Danny and I first met. Well, The Elms, right? Oh, and The Elms. But I you didn't know they were them. Christian. I didn't. Until recently. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll get so so when Jessica met me and we've told this story when Jessica met when we met when I we met each other and I was like who's your favorite band and she's like you won't know them they're called Reliant K I'm like oh I know Reliant K blah 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 I know and uh, all that then at some point I was like oh I also love ska music and she's like what's that and I'm like oh you know uh, it sounds like this and she's like no I don't know what that means it's like oh you ever heard of this band that band she's like no. I don't know. At some point, somehow, it can't. We realized she knew who the insiders was. I'm like, that's ska music. Yeah, because I had Scalaluya one and two. And I'm like, what did you <laughs> think the title meant? This, the fact that they put the word ska at the I beginning. I didn't of know. I called it Scalaluya. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. Because the one guy on the cover is wearing a scally cap. That's right. And this is. <laughs> I knew. Here's the thing. When I was, like, a kid, I was really into the Disney Channel original movies, and Brink was my favorite. And that was that was Suicide Machines. Yeah, so I was like, I like that, like, beachy rock music with horns. <laughs> right. I like that, but I didn't know what it was called. And again, I was a little bit of a technophobe, so, like, I wasn't going on the internet to look into music. I didn't know. I was just like, I like this kind of music, and then moved on with my life. Like... <laughs> I didn't dive into it. Well, our crossover guests, I guess we're going to be their guests technically too, but they're almost ready. Okay. But the last thing I was going to say <laughs> was I was just, Rancid has a compilation of all their ska songs called All the Moon Stompers. And the cover is this cartoony drawing of a ska party. And this is a recent compilation, like in the last four years. And when I saw that cover for that Rancid Ska Greatest Hits, I was like, 
they're ripping off the cover of Skalaluya by the Insiders because ah! both Skalaluyas is like a ska party. Right. <laughs> Except it was like a Christian ska party with a pastor standing in the middle. I kind of knew who Rancid was because of Gilmore Girl. <laughs> oh, right. We'll have to post that clip. Her Asian friend, what's her yeah, name? Yeah, Lane. Yeah. So that's our <laughs> so, that, so that's our opening sketch this week. And now time to get to the <laughs> crossover. I'm so embarrassed. I just full on snorted. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Danny, yeah. do you hear that? It's the phone ringing. Oh, we're going to do that again. This was Jessica's idea. And we're going to do it again. Yes, I hear the phone. Let's go answer it. frenzy. And they were good, they were good, they were really, really, really good. Bye bye, I'm frenzy. Yeah, when you see them, we really, really think you should. So, um, anyway, yeah, so here we are with Andrew and John <laughs> from Magnified Pod. Yo. <laughs> That's my proper introduction. No, um, hold on, hold on a second. We need to, if we're gonna, we need to do this. We need to do this. Gotta pull up right? some proper sound effects here. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> If we're gonna if we're gonna do this how we always do it, all right. Let, let's get that intro again. So here we are, joined on Sadie Hawkins Pod by Magnified Pod. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, yes, worlds uniting. This has been a long time coming. I feel like we we started talking about this when you when you guys first launched your right podcast, which has almost and, and, been a year. Yeah, before we yeah. even uh, launched our second season, we were right. We were you had announced it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, name and- a more iconic team up. I'll wait. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Andy Verdecchio and Matt Thiessen? I don't know. That that was a pretty. Mm. That was a pretty. That we'll was get a- there. <laughs> we'll get Did there. you guys find something, or I don't know what that's in reference no, to? The, well, the the tea party. Uh, tea party sketch. Oh we'll yes. <laughs> <laughs> um well, j- just wait yeah well yeah have you, you haven't seen that yet right no okay so and is and so jessica luckily we're doing this on zoom and you can see just who is who right yes i can see who is because jessica's never really listened to your podcast rude danny you it's like bus bu- just a live, a it's live called, bus toss. Yeah, that's a weekly. That's a, you guys have segments. You have your games, and you have the five. We right. have the bus toss with Danny. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know she's not a huge uh, MXPX or Five Iron fan. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Reliant K is her in her wheelhouse, and yeah. and it just uh, always on the table. If you want to do a spinoff Weird Al podcast with me, yes. Then, you know, <laughs> then. You know, that's that's always an option. Yeah. There's a robust Weird Al podcast community, I discovered. <laughs> I, I don't really? doubt that. Because I just, I just <laughs> listened to one. It's I, uh, the Weird Alphabet, where they go alphabetically. Mm. And they're here in Los Angeles. I've never talked, communicated with them. I'm just saying they're here. But then they have other people from other Weird Al podcasts on their podcasts all the time. And I'm like, how many more Weird Al podcasts are there? <laughs> That doesn't surprise me at all. I feel like the Venn diagram of podcasters and Weird Al fans is like pretty substantial. Yeah, if you if you're even pod like comedy podcast adjacent, you're gonna be 
you're going to have somebody who's like a giant Weird Al fan. I think that just that's just the odds are in your favor. Yeah. So, well, well, well Jessica had saved. We, we did our opening part, but Jessica decided to save this for when we all got together. You wanted to talk about how you feel about Fire and Frenzy, right? And where your fandom is. And Again, with throwing me under this the bus. Is, you said, this is not throwing you under the bus. This is putting you on the bus saying, here's the bus, honey. This is you. It was scheduled. You said you wanted to talk about. So, so Jess, I just want you to know, Reese oh, no. listens to our podcast. So tell me how you hate, how, how much you hate his band. <laughs> No, actually, I like Fiverr and Frenzy. I prefer them live because they play a little faster and a little mm-hmm. more rockin' live. And I sure. like the, the Canada song a lot. That's <laughs> yeah. like the only song I listen to. But she only listens to, yeah. there happen to be two, you know, there's, there's, that's on both live albums. So she gets to listen to either of those. But then she'd hear the studio version and she'd be like, I don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's interesting? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Jess here for a second because we did when we we covered all the hype, which is not a rec a record that John and I are are kind of lukewarm on in general. That there are some songs on there that we really do enjoy, but some of the songs on that record are have become live staples that I really enjoy live. But if I'm gonna throw on a Five Iron record. Uh, all the hype is probably not going to be it, but when those songs come on at the live show, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm into it. Yeah. So, yeah. See, you're yeah, supported. I very, much, and... I very much enjoy them live. Yeah. So yeah. I do want to say that. Yeah. We've seen them live. She, I've taken Jessica to see Fire and Frenzy live multiple times, but there have also been times where fate has stopped her from going. <laughs> so one time when we were living in Chicago. Yeah. And they played in Ju- Juliet. Juliet. Oh yeah. Um, we planned to go with with uh, Real Big Fish and Beebs and her moneymaker. We had planned to go, and then Jessica had an appendicitis scare that day. Oof. Yeah. And it was not appendicitis, but no, it was yeah. It, um, but we went to the hospital, and we're sitting at the emergency room, and we're and waiting Danny for all these- left to go to <sighs> the show. <laughs> This is the Jessica Buster's back on, yes. (laughs) Oh, my. Wow. I have no doubt now that when... I had no plan to go. You told me to go. I did. I wanted you to enjoy it, but I still feel like now... And I had to book it to get to Joliet on time, because we were getting close... <laughs> you failed that test, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> when we have a child, he absolutely if if Fiverr and Frenzy or MXPX are playing that night, he's like, listen, I can see the kid afterwards. I'm going. <laughs> Five Iron played in my town, which is a suburb, Palatine, of Chicago. They played Dirty Nellies, which is like our, our bar in town the day that we were having a baby shower for my first kid and I couldn't go because of that. So that wasn't like, you know, it's not a baby being born, but I was like, oh man, is there any way I could duck out of this thing to go watch Five Iron? But I missed that one. Anyway. Yeah. But then there was one other time, most recently when they played at the Glass House, the show where I got that recording of Reese welcoming everyone to your podcast. That's right, right, show. right. Thank you. Jessica was supposed to go that night, but then she had to work. Yeah. So it always says it's, it's how it's come on multiple times. But and then since we've been here in L.A., we've seen them multiple times, actually. Yeah. We saw them open for MXPX twice. And then we saw them play the not the Rainbow Room. 
What's the, the name? Roxy. The Roxy. We saw them play mm. the Roxy. That's cool. Yeah. So she has seen them, but not as many times as I have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, so you're both huge fans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's kind of nuts. Um, when we when we had our interview this last week with um, uh, Tyson Paoletti from Tooth and Nail, and we talked with him and and Jason from an original vinyl talking about there was a there was a period of time when the idea of MXPX and Five Iron Frenzy playing a show together was like would be have been just like the most ridiculous thing because you know the, the it was the MXPX All Stars and 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 Five Iron had had broken up and and so it's 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 there was a period of time when that wasn't that was like a kind of a far-fetched idea but now it's like of course five iron is opening for mxpx now that's like right. <laughs> that that's been the case for like years now that's yeah. just it's it's either slick shoes or five iron frenzy those have been like like the, essentially the mxpx house bands they're the ones that are always kind of opening up for them so um but i've unfortunately not been able to see any of the slick shoes you know, they, they're you guys in California, you bastards. You're <laughs> just so, you are so. They come uh, through like every, MXPX yeah. plays a show here at least once a year, sometimes yeah. three times a year, like yeah. when they play the Troubadour. That's how I was really able to sell the Chicago move to Danny. It was, I mean, sorry, not Chicago, California move to Danny. He was, I was like, Dan, you can see all the bands. <laughs> all the bands I can ever see. see and never got to. Yeah. He's like, Done. I think we talked about this a little bit on our podcast, but growing up in Massachusetts, for some reason, up until Christian punk sort of started to go more mainstream, most tooth and nail bands just avoided the New England area. Mm. At least by the time I got into all those bands, like I would get into, once I got into all these tooth and nail bands in like 1998, I would go on all their websites. No, you know what? I think I talked about this on your podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, I did on the first time I was on your podcast when you were still talking about MXPX and they just wouldn't come through like, so I never got to see so many of my favorite bands. Like, uh, I loved Dogwood. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved value pack, like all of these, uh, it, it took me a long time to see Goaty hook live finally. Mm. But my point was like, they wouldn't come through Boston and so all of these bands I missed back then, I've got to see in the last six years because they've all had these, if not full reunions, then these like mini reunion shows. Right. Like Dogwood had a small resurgence locally a couple years ago. And I think we saw them with Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, we saw them with yeah. Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX. And then I saw them by myself with uh, at, a, at the Chain Reaction. Yeah. And I'm ready, I'm ready for that Craig's Brother record. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when, I mean, but, you I, know, we, got, we got to see them recently too when they uh, they opened for the Slick Shoes live album show. Oh man! So I had never seen Craig's brother, and then Craig's brother got back together to open for Slick Shoes live taping. Yeah. Did you per- did you donate to their uh, their Kickstarter for their new album? I don't think I even heard about it. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. this is news to me. Yeah, I was yeah. today years old when I found out about it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, they're not. Unfortunately, they're not pressing it. To vinyl it's just gonna be like digital and cd but right um i'm i'm looking forward to it because the singles that they've released in the last year or so i've been really into but so, yeah you you guys are lucky you are lucky here's a question so 
Reliant K. Okay, I'm a little with Reliant K the way that Jess is with Five Iron. Like, <laughs> aware of them, certainly saw them many times. Never did the full deep dive. Like, they are still touring, yes? Uh, they've been on a hiatus for since, since 2017. Yeah, well, 2017 is the last time they played yeah. live. Okay, but have they played with Five Iron at all recently? Yes. Oh, recently? Okay. No. no. Sorry, I mean, not like recently. In the last I mean, historically, 10 years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I know of. I mean, in my notes, there is that thing with like Switch them all coming out on the stage with Switchfoot to sing "Live It right, Well." Right. Yeah, but yeah. but I don't know what show that was. So they've maybe they've played like a festival or something in the last since sure. Five Iron Friends yeah. reunion, but they haven't played uh, like a show specifically for one or the other that I'm aware of. Yeah, I I think the first time I saw Reliant K was on Five Iron's uh, 2001 tour. Right. What was that Electric Youth or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think that was them, and so it was them, Reliant K, uh, John Rubin, and Ace Troubleshooter, which is oh, okay. Quite a lineup. We were talking about that tour before you joined, and I couldn't remember who the other two bands were, but that makes sense. Yeah. His John name is Rubin. Rubin. Have his word on it. <laughs> yeah. John Rubin, man. <laughs> He's, I feel uh, like every time <laughs> we are not going to get him on the pod, um, but I will continue. <laughs> I will continue to put out there in the the podverse um, that just getting Kevin Max on getting Kevin Max on our pod because uh, I don't know if you know I've, I'm I'm standing Kevin Max these days. Are you familiar with uh, you guys no. down with the DC talk? Oh, are you okay. d- d- down with the DC talk? <laughs> It's kind of blasphemy to be Reliant K fans, Reliant K fandom. It's this like middle, there's a meme out there that's not mine, where it's like, it's the handshake, the ultimate handshake from Predator. And it says, Switchwood fans on one arm, MXPX fans on the other, and then Reliant K in the middle. So the two of us definitely are part of the MXPX handshake in there. Like neither Jess nor I are really into the CCM music. Like, right. Right. It's the same for me as like general pop. Like, sure, there's some general pop top 40 radio songs that I like and some artists I might be interested in. And Jessica, same thing. But like, we don't go listening to what's all the latest pop music. So we felt the same way when it comes to CCM music. Yeah. I, well, is Switch with CCM? They're definitely closer to the CCM side than. Because if so, that is the only CCM I've ever listened to but I would and that's also... just because of Walk to Remember the Walk right. to Remember soundtrack <laughs> yeah. but I would also put Reliant K in the CCM like Venn diagram they just happen to be also brush up against the skate punk thing but well, sorry you need, to, yeah. you need to check out Kevin Max because he is he has broken off in a serious way from the remaining remaining DC talk uh, kind of theology and ideology and he has gone okay. like way left and like oh. very progressive and he's like uh you know in our conversation the reason he's kind of come up lately is because we've been going through brave saint saturn and we've always been sort of you know we uh, we just did the light of things hope for and which has more of a space theme than the the first brave saint saturn record and one of the things that john was lamenting he's like ah it's just kind of like hoping that there were more bleeps and bloops and in not so much Matchbox 20 vibes. And uh, Kevin Max put out a record called Romeo Drive. That's yeah, he like, loves those bleeps and bloops. Oh, man. It's like <laughs> it's like this futuristic uh, 
like electronic bleepy bloopy record of like in the future like 2079 or something i'm like I'm like, this is the guy that was in DC Talk? This is blowing my mind. <laughs> this sounds great. It is great. <laughs> check it out. You, you should, should check, check out his Twitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, just for, yeah. you know, a window into that. Anyway, this is anyway. not no, no, talking no. DC Talk. But, but I want to, uh, I did want to, I did <laughs> want to bring, I did want to, I did want to marry um, our one other thing that we were just talking about. Um, so, uh, one of our new listeners, actually, um, this guy, Robert Gay, uh, he played trumpet with Matt Thiessen in the Earthquakes. Right. He uh, DM'd us. You told him yeah. to contact us, and he DM'd us, and I just replied to him, but we yeah. didn't even start talking yet. Yeah, oh. yeah. So I was like, Get man. Him, I, Get him on the pod. <laughs> Get him on the <laughs> pod. He's he's a Cedarmont kid, played with Matt Matt Thiessen. You know, he's, he's like kind of more in your... Uh, you know, in your probably in your fandom in that area, if he if he was, you know, he probably has some uh, Matt Teason stories, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, let's get. I want to ask you guys how John, you were sort of touching on it, and I want to know about what Andrew thinks as well about your experience with Relying K. Did you? I feel. Did you say everything you want to say about that, John? I feel like you did, but then we went <laughs> off mean... on something else. No, more or less. I mean, I think what you're asking is when did I first hear of Reliant Yes. <laughs> when did um, you first hear of Reliant <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was the late 90s, but I don't think it was. I must have. I mean, I'm sure I was aware of them when I saw them in 2001. Maybe I'd even seen them before that, but that seemed kind of like the height of their, you know. I mean, maybe, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but that seemed like when they were kind of at the, the, the peak of their uh, relevance in the scene. Maybe not. It depends on what scene you're talking about. Because, yeah, I would say in the um, sort of like Christian festival youth group scene, like yeah. they know, and that's not something that I think that when they got big with mm hmm. Okay. And okay. they were suddenly in Hot Topic and they were. Sure, sure, sure. You know, that's, they, they got, they got, and they were on the radio. Yeah. And that was 05. They 04, got signed 05. to Capitol Records for their fifth album. Like, okay. they got, I was talking about this before you join us that there's a parallel to me with my and i i've brushed on this a little bit with mxpx meme stuff but i have very specific theories about the relationship between mxpx and blink 182 mm -hmm. and uh that is the you know that mxpx was a bigger band than M than blink 182 up until dude ranch came out and that's chronologically people don't necessarily think of the fact that life in general came out two years before dude ranch so right. in my personal estimation mxpx was a bigger band for that two years between life in general and dude ranch yeah maybe that's it, fair. It, yeah um i mean blink 92 always had like a proper major behind them you know and then huh. mxpx didn't actually have a major behind them until dude ranch came out so right. it just depends on your measure of which band is bigger but um yeah. There's a similar thing that I would say with Relying K and Five Iron Frenzy, that Five Iron Frenzy, that Five Iron Frenzy seemed at the time to sort of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of like take on Relying K a little bit as a, like a band that they kind of helped with, you know, taking them on tour and kind of helped them find an audience. Like mentor. Mentor, yeah. And um, so especially with the Electric Youth Tour and like multiple festivals that I remember them both playing at, 
No, just Soulfest. <laughs> I talk about Soulfest all the time. Just Soulfest and other ones that I hear about online. But my point is, Fiverr and Frenzy was bigger than Reliant K while Fiverr and Frenzy was around. But then Reliant K got bigger than Fiverr and Frenzy was. Sure. When they were originally around. Okay. Yeah, I think by the time they like crossed over or whatever and got bigger, I was already kind of checked out of the scene. So probably not yeah. paying as much attention. But yeah, for sure the album that I know the best is the anatomy of the tongue in cheek. Um, right. And I distinctly remember being in like a church, uh, maze slash haunted house thing. Um, <laughs> and, a hell house. <laughs> well, it wasn't a hell house. It was more like okay. we were crawling around in these tunnels and they were piping in Sadie Hawkins dance through the maze. And I'm okay. pretty sure that experience earns me like 20 points in Christian nineties bingo or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I feel like Sadie Hawkins, I mean, there's a reason you chose the name of your pod the way that you did. But right. I feel like, yeah, Sadie Hawkins dance was definitely like the height of my awareness of Reliant K. So that's, yeah. that's kind of where, where my story ends, I guess. Okay. Um, my story began with the very first record. Um, so nice. when that when that came out, because that's me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean when it when it came out, I was in high school um, in 2000 when it dropped, and I was I was super into it, and um, I was I was with Reliant K um, through Five Score and Seven Years Ago, mm-hmm. and they kind of lost me with that record. Um, five score yeah and i know i know uh you guys have talked about you've covered some of the songs on that you're not into thrash metal come on that's their metal (laughs) album um i'm (laughs) you know i there's there's some it's, it's just it's so uh the record uh matt writes uh, it just it got so syrupy and cheesy and like uh, in the way that I think John has like this uh, maybe some uh, grating feelings towards certain kinds of emo. Mm-hmm. There's a particular kind of pop punk uh, that I'm just like, like, oh, come, like, just calm down, Matt. He's just like, especially like you know, the song uh, like must have done something right or, or something like that. Um, but like there, there's some like come right out and say it or, you know, it's, they're fine. But the, but the album in general is just like, uh, it was too, too glossy, too poppy and syrupy right. for my liking. That's basically what I was going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, I, you know what, I, this just popped in my brain, but there was, did you guys ever listen to Reggie in the full effect? Sure. Yeah, there was a similar trajectory, and I actually called it before it happened, where I was into Reggie. The, I, know I was a Get Up Kids fan first, and Get Up Kids is obviously a very earnest band, but then when I heard those first two Reggie and the Full Effect albums, I I love them because they're, they're, they ha- they're goofy, but they also have, like, you know, they go back and forth. He goes back and forth between, like, uh, you know, some earnest songs and goofier songs. And then... I called it to my friends. I'm like, watch what what the album that ended up becoming um, Songs Not to Get Married to. I was like, watch whatever that album's going to be. It's going to be mostly earnest. And I was absolutely right. There are still a couple of joke songs on there. There's still a couple of his character songs. But 
everything in between is like really earnest and of a certain type. This isn't exactly what you're saying, but I, I feel a similar trajectory where it's like they, you know, Reliant K was, they could have earnest and serious stuff. Then they had their goofy stuff. They were sort of more dynamic that way. And then with five score, we were talking about it recently. We we're talking about it with our song last week where I was like, by five score, they become a little bit more serious and oh, did they freeze? No, you didn't freeze. No, no, no. <laughs> you are all moving. You are, you are all holding so perfectly still. I'm hanging on every word of this. <laughs> um, by five score, they kind of like their humor was still more or less there, but it was more like selective, like where right. they were a little goofier and more fun and more enjoyable and more for the nerds out there. By five score, they became just like more of a i don't know yet because we're still digging into that album but i'm like was it a thing where they were like this is more palatable to the world at large who doesn't know where reliant k has come from up to this album yeah they definitely said it was their like of the time it was their most poppy album and then from there they were like but we promise the next record will be a rock record was kind of how they put five score out there right and was it was that, that would... wait, the next record was Let It Snow, baby. <laughs> Forget oh, it, yeah. not slow yeah, down. Exactly. Yeah, Forget it, not slow down. Not slow okay. down yeah. Well, and then I have a theory that, yeah, Forget Not Slow Down is... Which is kind of their masterpiece. Which is, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of their masterpiece in terms of artistic achievement. It is more of a rock record. It is more artistic. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like less concerned with um, pop appeal, but it actually works for that reason. It's, it's probably got more mass appeal for that reason. Um, but then I have a theory that Bird the B-Sides is actually a secret low-key full-length album mm. because half that album is new material. <laughs> you, you look at the cover of that and you think, oh, B-Side collection. But then you look at the credits and you're like, 50% of this album is a brand new album that they recorded in the same session. So I believe that Bird and the B-Sides is a full length. The first half of Bird and the B-Sides is a full length album that for whatever reason, they were like this, we don't want this to be our canon sixth album. So we're going to pretend it's all a B-Side collection. Interesting. Yeah. Which, which brings us to today's episode. That's right. Then as the album, that's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what do you guys think of the song Fire and Frenzy is Dead or Dying? And when did you first hear of the song Fire and Frenzy is Dead or Dying? I think I first heard of it when uh, I started preparing for the podcast. Okay. Same, same. So, I mean, I, I if, uh, this this week wasn't the first time I heard it. I, I remember, uh, yeah, when I started doing the initial research and re-listening to a lot of stuff, and I was like... Oh, that's that's fun, and it's it it smacks of just your just sort of classic Reliant K, and then right the ska version is, in my humble opinion, the the superior, uh, the superior <laughs> right. of those two songs. Yeah, um, agreed. It makes sense <laughs> that you feel that way. I want to, John. I'll ask for your opinion in a second. I'm sorry, John. But it makes sense that you feel that way. That it feels of that classic youth group version of Reliant K, because the song dates back to their breakup. Like they wrote it for the 2003 breakup, right. and they played it all that year. That whole like celebratory year of Fiverr and Frenzy breaking up, 
Right. Like Reliant K basically joined in with it and wrote that song just and I remember hearing it multiple times that summer because I saw Reliant K and Fiber and Frenzy. Well, I saw Reliant K more. I saw Fiber and Frenzy two or three times that year. And um, yeah, they played it multiple times and then they put it on a seven inch in 2000 in, in December 2002. And then that's why it's on the B-side collection. So most people didn't hear about it until well after Fiber and Frenzy was already dead, not just dying, but dead. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, I was, that's why it feels that, that's why I might feel that way of that classic goofy youth group Reliant K is because that is when that song comes from. It's from 2002. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. It feels very, I mean, it's like very in the spirit of Five Iron. It's very silly. Uh, he talks about Reese being in a speedo, which feels very right. Five iron, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I was preparing for this episode, and we were DMing, and I was like, "Well, I guess I got to listen to the song now." And you're like, "It's 40 seconds." So, <laughs> 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 uh, so I really did my research, listened to it a few times. Um, no, but I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I, I I definitely owe Reliant K a deeper dive, especially of their more. I mean, I guess it's not recent anymore, but like anything you know post 2009 or whatever i definitely haven't heard at all so I'm, mm -hmm. a i'm eager to hear you guys dive in more on your pod and b i'm eager to check that stuff out but i feel like the sillier reliant k is definitely the one that i knew more of so it right. yeah. feels on brand for that but like yeah. yeah for some reason i know you guys were talking about um what's it called the complex emotions of the female yes. yeah yes. the okay. complex infrastructure known as the female mind the female we mind. always have it on our kitchen table at all times <laughs> yeah but now i don't yeah. see it you live your marriage by those rules, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, for some reason, I was very aware of that book. I think it's because oh, okay. I worked in a Christian bookstore. And All so right. I saw it, and it was a bummer town for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, between that and the sort of gender politics of, like, mood rings and stuff, I was just like, I don't know. Like, right. So it's, yeah, yeah. The, the Five Iron song is kind of, like, in keeping with that tradition. But I know that they, they are not uh, just silly. I know that there's other stuff. Although I will say, and this is totally unrelated, I'm very eager for you guys to dive into um, what have you been doing lately. <laughs> okay. Point. Did we do uh, that? You did it? No, I don't think you did it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. did. We did, did do that. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it was a great episode, and I never forgot about it. <laughs> um, Okay, it's interesting because that's Justin and Vanessa, and we still talk about yeah, Justin and Vanessa right. all the time. Yeah, okay. yeah, Justin, Justin, he's he he got it. He developed his taste his for taste Coors Light, Miller Light, or, 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 or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was like breaking in some hilarious new element of your podcast, but this is well trod ground already. <laughs> anyway, I'll go back and listen to that one. But oh, it's over there. I, oh, there um, yeah, just kind of like the like, oh, you're drinking. There you go. <laughs> um, drinking Miller Lite, what happened to your salvation? Like, that was kind of the vibe I, I, oh, I had right. of them at the time. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Five yeah. Iron and MXPX are like, they feel different from that sort of judgy vibe generally. So I think it was just kind of like, I don't know if these dudes are for me, but but I need to, I need yeah. to more fully absorb their whole oeuvre. Yeah. I figured out a sort of, a sort of trajectory of the band recently. And I don't know if this is 100% true if you were to ask Matt Thiessen or Reliant K. But in general, especially as we've looked more at their demo, All Work and No Play, I've gotten this sense that from early on, aside from the fact that they have an obvious, that Matt Thiessen and the band as a whole have a very um, unique voice together, I kind of have this feeling now that when Reliant K started, they were like, let's start a Christian punk band. Right, right. Because MXPX did not say, they said, let's start a punk band and we'll sing about christian stuff because that's what we know a lot about and fiverr frenzy said let's start a sink and pickles style band and we'll sing about christian stuff because that's what we know 
but I think Reliant K was like, let's start a band that can get signed to Tooth and Nail. And there's a lyric in their demo where they say Brandon Evil just gave us a call. So it's like <laughs> they they said let's start a Christian punk band. And I think it took a couple albums for them to shake 100 by their first by their self-titled album they had shaken some of that, but I think they still had some of that in their roots and then by the, like the third or fourth album they had fully like gone past that. So I think some of and he wrote a lot of the songs on the first the first two albums before they were signed. So I think that's why when you listen to their early albums, you might still get that kind of sense of like, let us write Christian punk songs. And that's why they might come off a little judgy because of that reason. Yeah. Yeah, That's, and that is something that we talk about quite a bit. The, uh, especially with five iron, the, the thing, the pointing the finger at yourself rather than the pointing the finger at everybody else and, and what, you know, and that's what I think a lot of that early Reliant K stuff was, you know, you, you know, you know, my girlfriend and you right. know, what have you been doing lately <laughs> and things that are just like, you're all sinners and you've changed, man. You're, yeah. you know, yeah. what it's just like, just makes you feel kind of like it's, it's, it's uh, for one particular kind of audience. And because there aren't going to be too many non-Christian people that are going to listen to that and be like, oh, yeah, I can really identify with this. Right. It's, it's just like, as opposed to, you know, some 500 MXPX songs that they just, they're just bangers because they're right. bangers. Um, I kind of, I've, I guess I walked both worlds and I talk about, the, I try to, I try to voice this and it's not been easy to exactly explain, but like, I was not raised in what I understand now as the fully like evangelical world. Like my parents were just Protestant. My parents were Catholics who became Protestant. And the idea of evangelical was not something that they found, they they learned about. And it wasn't until years later that like, I went to these sort of like cool hip youth groups, which were actually like evangelical um, and then kind of got my parents to go to those schools and then, uh, sorry, go to those churches associated with those schools and youth groups. And so then they kind of like <laughs> backdoor through their, you know, through their son ended up part of like an evangelical church world. It's your fault. It's man. my fault. Yeah. yeah thanks a lot. <laughs> I know. So I, because my parents didn't raise me in that kind of like strict Christian environment, I was able, and when they didn't like me listening to secular music they didn't think of it as secular music they just thought of it as dirty music they're like we don't want you listening to dirty music so like i could walk both worlds so when i hear really judgy christian songs or i hear really dirty punk songs they would both kind of like roll off my back like water i was like this is not a problem for me and it is until i became an adult and got more concept of the world in general and like started to understand other people how they were raised and other things i was like i can listen to a song like what have you been doing lately and be like oh he's judging that girl because she's got a hard time in her life <laughs> because of it <laughs> particularly in that song vanessa yeah. like justin yeah he goes to college in what have you been doing lately justin goes to college and he comes back as a bro party dude and that's obnoxious because that kind of guy sucks no matter whether you're a Christian or not. He just, he, <laughs> Matt Thiessen's just singing about it through the lens of being a Christian and like, hey, what happened to your salvation? You're a total dude, bro, and it sucks. 
But then when he talks about the girl in that song, it's like she's got a lot of problems and she's ha- she doesn't know what's going on with her life and she's confused and seems erratic all the time. What happened to your salvation? It's like, well, why don't you just like... <laughs> And I don't know if it's really Matt Thiessen really felt that way or if it's just like the way the song kind of wrote itself because of the world they came up in. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, also, there was some sort of like sexualized element because there's something about her sweater, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Her Her rationality shrunk with her sweater. (laughs) Sick burn. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And to to cap this part off, though, we recently talked about the song, which is also ska themed, like What Have You Been Doing Lately? Uh, the lining is silver because it has some upstroke stuff. And we realized that song, in our opinion, is about deciding not to judge other people any longer hmm. because the lining that's silver he talks about, a bunch of like fan videos we found, people thought like the lining is silver is just about like, hey, life's not so bad, the lining is silver. But when you actually dig into the song, the lining is silver is people and he's singing about how no matter what, choices people make in their lives their lining is silver all our lining is silver we're all gold we're all worthy of love including he's turning it in on himself in that five iron way and he's looking at people and their mistakes and saying i don't need to judge that any longer so i think and that's on this album that we're talking about <laughs> burden right. the b-sides so like at th- this album is kind of a turning point in that theme for that early version of reliant k okay so, yeah. Danny, I, I need to know then, are you able to not judge me based on my <laughs> hot takes on the origins of ska music? That's right. <laughs> you learned it from Matt Thiessen, not to judge you. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, Reliant K created ska music with what have you been doing lately. <laughs> that's and that's lining true. Over. Yep. Undisputed. <laughs> the, first, the first wave. Uh, um, no. So all that... <laughs> So, yeah, so now I got you captive, and I can talk about this. <laughs> no, I'm not going to delve that in. This has been an it. intervention to, to talk to me about why well, fourth wave ska is not a thing. Well, never mind. Let's not, let's not go. Let's not. I was just going to, the only thing I want to say is, Jess, how often do you have to hear about waves in your house? Like, is it pretty consistent? Probably not that often. Do I talk to you about that? It's, it's relatively often. It's definitely like, if he's going to talk about a band, he's like, it's this wave, Scott, or it's this wave, Scott. I'm like, I don't care, and I don't know the difference. Okay, but I think you but saved your, like, your most vitriolic yeah. uh, energy for us. I, I Let me apologize to Andrew, because when you guys talked about Operation Ivy and your, ta- your Operation Ivy tattoo... I was less talking about you loving Operation Ivy than the fact that there go. had been there had been a thing online, uh-huh. and I refer to it as Wikiality, that uh-huh. people were like Operation Ivy invented ska punk. I uh-huh. have different theories on that. I won't get into it. I'm not getting into it. All you have to do is go back a few episodes of Magnified Pod to listen to your six voicemails that you left. Right. <laughs> he left six voicemails. No, no, it was it was at least three. It was at least it was like oh wow. three or four voicemails. Well, but, if you disagree, oh, wow. you can call our voicemail, which is four zero two nine five Sadie, and give your take on why there is or isn't a fourth wave of ska. I am I am legit uh, fascinated with this and do want to come to your TED talk about it at some point. But <laughs> well, I feel like if there's if there's an appropriate time, um, now that we're finally on your podcast, you should check out Magnified Pod. You can call us at eight seven two seven six two four seven six three eight seven two seven Mag Pod. 
where we discuss mm-hmm. the entire discography of Five Iron Frenzy. You can check out our first season uh, where we discuss MXPX. I feel like I needed to do that after right. all the, all the <laughs> plugging. We didn't cut him off during that. Um, well, I can edit that right out for our Yeah, reason. that's true. Or okay. bleep it. We bleep stuff, so. Brady, if you like Five Iron or MXPX, head on over to our pod um, and uh, give us money. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, I think we're finally going to get to talking about this song. We talked about okay. it a little bit. But uh, yeah, so Fiverr, we were starting to talk about it, and then we got on a tangent. I just want to say, I'm super concerned, and I keep looking at the time for Andrew, because I know that the Parks and Rec reunion is happening tonight, and I keep looking at our time. We already watched it. Oh, good, you got it already. That's right, time change. Okay, I was super nervous. No, no, no. It was at 7.30 our time. That yeah, was nice. Okay. Of, I remember that living in Chicago, we could watch like all our shows at seven o'clock and be like bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. True. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the concern, though. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we talked about the song a little bit, but yeah, you said you like Andrew. You like the ska version. You find that superior. I yeah. To I the pop it's, version. yeah. I, I mean, they're both they're both fine, but I feel like in if. If you're going to do an homage, so, so to speak, to Five Iron Frenzy, the the ska version just is it just makes the most sense, right? And it just sounds really clean, and it's it's fun, yeah. And I I it's not that I dislike the the pop punk one. It just it just sounds like a it sounds like the something that they were probably messing around in the studio with and they're like oh let's just throw this you know haphazard garbage together and it just <laughs> not that it's not that it's garbage but it just it's not like they're not reinventing you know a pop punk song right. it, it, be- it yeah it, it just it makes me it reminds me of like the kickoff that sort of just like you know right. this is a sort of standard short song and it's fine yeah to be fair they played both of these versions before it was released on that seven inch for that year leading up to five irons uh breakup they were playing both the ska version and they they like mixed them through the set or did they play them back to back i don't remember i only found one cornerstone 2003 live version uh, that was on the the uh playlist that i sent you guys the notes i remember like they played at soul fest they played it at shows they did that year with other bands and I guess I could look at Setlist FM, but I don't trust Setlist FM for the early 2000s. I just remember they played the pop punk version and the ska version, and then they recorded both of them for the seven inch. Okay. And yeah, so I don't know. Maybe they depended on the crowd. Maybe they were like, "Hey, this crowd doesn't really care about Fiverr Frenzy or ska music. <laughs> this is more of a CCM crowd, so we're gonna play this pop punk version." Sure. You know, in a way, it's like they. Uh since they're like 40 seconds long they should just play them anyway and just play them both yeah. who cares yeah. what are they gonna do it's like it's, the song's already <laughs> over so when this record came out were you guys into it like danny were you excited that the song was on it i was yeah i um we talked about it at the top of the show but uh i didn't buy this seven inch when it came out in 2002 because i didn't have a record player i owned a couple of records as like 
as like collector's items, but I was like, eh, and you couldn't, I don't remember if, if I'd found it on a Reliant K merch table, I probably would have gotten it, but I don't remember seeing it on a merch table. I think it was just sold through their website in 2002, 2003. So eventually, and people ripped it pretty quickly. So I had an MP, I had an MP3 from Napster or something or or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, Including, like, there's a song that's also... there. Both other songs that are on this uh, vinyl countdown and something else that I can't remember. Oh, well. <laughs> Our copy's over there underneath a pile of very curiously... There you there go. You Thank you. So, so this, what we're getting from your podcast is that you're criminals. Yes. Um, it's not very... Nothing, yeah. Just Danny's a criminal, not okay. me. Don't drag me in. It was only on a 7-inch from 2002 to 2008. So yeah, I was um, happy that when this album came so back out, when, Jessica... back when crimes didn't matter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. It was okay to steal a car back. It's uh, yes. You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't. You wouldn't steal a Dermike, would you? <laughs> of course I would. Um, yeah. So this is our. This is these are the reprints of that vinyl. These are not the actual 2002 copy, but yeah, nothing without you and the vinyl countdown, which are also on that B side collection. Uh, Jessica was super happy when the B-Side collection came out. I was, yeah. And I was happy for a bit, and then I realized that they had, like, kind of remixed the tracks on there, and I was already familiar with most of those B-Sides from the EPs and stuff and my illegally downloaded MP3s. <laughs> uh, so I was, like, mad that they had messed with perfection in yeah, my was, eyes. I, that was, like, a staple in my CD player because I had never heard any of the EPs at that point. So I was like, this is great. It's all new Reliant K music for me. Yeah. Sure. And then I find it funny that I just and it's and and I know for a fact because I've seen it multiple times on Twitter uh, that and I even seen it in like Fiverr and Frenzy CD reviews that people have heard about Fiverr and Frenzy because of this song being on this B side collection in 2008. So right. a lot of people discovered Fiverr and Frenzy in 2008 when there was no like Weird. chance of you know when they the dark days of there never being a reunion like when it was he'd rather eat a bowl of mayonnaise or whatever. <laughs> they never get back together. And the yeah, that's how people found the band. I actually started to get mad about this B-side collection because I was realizing how many people had never heard these songs until 2008. And I'm like, this song has been around for a decade. Yeah. Yeah, so I I'm think... Like, uh, hardcore fan. Yeah, John, uh, I remember when we covered um, the, the MXPX when they did their... I think it was... Uh, maybe 10 years in running where they, they remixed teenage politics. And I remember we covered it and John's like, no, no, I want it to sound, I want it to sound bad. (laughs) I don't want it it to sound. Yeah. Well, then they did that new version of let it happen. And that does sound bad. It sounds much worse. Oh, it sounds worse. Yeah. It sounds worse. It starts with the, uh, the bass. I'm just like, no, I don't want it to, I don't want it to start that way. Right. You no. you nailed it the first it, time. When you first heard it is how you want to hear it usually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I feel so, like that's like the beginning and end of my takes on the song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious to hear where else we'll go. It, help help me explore it. Um, Do you I guys listen that, to songs think... ever? I mean, I know you maybe play a little clip or something, right? But do you ever like play the song leading up to us doing the episode? Or what do you mean? Or like, how do you like? Do you listen to any of the songs in the? You mean like play the audio of it? Yeah, right. Oh, on the show? Yeah. No, 
And I just we just don't do that for we play a little clip at the top. And then if we need to talk about a certain section, we'll play some more of it. Yeah, yeah, you guys like play a little bit of every song that you talk about. Right. Um, we don't typically necessarily start playing the song in the background while we're talking about it. We'll listen to it on our own, getting ready to do the episode, and then we'll just start talking about the song, and we leave it up to the listeners to go listen to the song on their own if they don't know what we're talking yeah. about. Is that a subtweet um, of, of our podcast? Or, or yeah, you know, like the way that we do things? No, uh, I don't know. It just, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Andrew, it was funny the way that you asked it was like, do you guys ever listen to songs? Just songs. Like, yeah, we do. I thought no, the same I mean, thing. I just. I listen to songs all like the time. Yeah. Three or four minutes in length, usually. <laughs> like, play just... instruments. <laughs> all right, you guys. <laughs> I'm, I just, I was just trying to, because I was thinking like, uh, you know, Blink 155, they like right. would only ever play like five or 10 seconds at the beginning of the yeah. episode. And, and I don't know if that's like kind of, I feel like that's kind of what you guys. That's where we, because I took their format and I, basically we took their format and we started reworking it slowly over our, over how, how it fit for us. So yeah, right. I was just like not playing the songs because I was also not wanting to get too much content id happening when you're on spotify if you play things that are too big they just take the episode down without telling you and right i'm you know if that's happened we don't even know yet but (laughs) we also can't talk from a musical standpoint we can only be like well this is how this song makes me feel and i like these lyrics because like we can't talk a lot about like oh well the guitar is really good because they do this this and that like i even edit the i've never talked about this but i even edit the podcast in a certain way that when we start talking about covers or if we decide to play back a certain section of the song to talk about it specifically, uh, I do harsh cuts for the audio. I've never talked about this on the show, but I do harsh cuts for the audio. Like song starts, song stops, we start talking. Then song starts, song stops, we start talking. I never do fades because I'm, I, I have this thing in the back of my mind where I'm like, if anyone sends us a cease and desist at any point, I can just go in and clip those out and then re-upload the episode. Right. Because this actually happened to a friend of mine's podcast. That Danny used to be on. I would appear on his... That yeah. My friend of mine had a comic book podcast. Uh. And I guess I should be not too... Not There's no way they'd ever find out. <laughs> like, listen to this Reliant K podcast and we'll finally get the answer to that. But they used something that was copywritten in a lot of episodes faded in and out and got a big cease and desist letter and like with a harsh fine, with, with a harsh that they fine could not that they could out. not and they couldn't edit it out because they had had all yeah. these fades so they just had to take down the whole archive of the oh podcast. man yeah yeah so i was ever since then even though i don't think goatee records or anyone goatee records likes our posts and stuff so it seems like they are fine with us being around Sure. But whatever else I drop into the podcast, I'm like, I would rather be able to just go into the existing file and clip it out and then just re-upload it with no explanation of why there's no track we're talking about. Right. Sure. Then have to go back into the raws, re-edit the whole episode. Because they wanted to do that. My friend's comic book podcast wanted to do that. But it, the massive work of going into how many, however many episodes, finding the raws, doing all that, they were just like, they washed their hands of the whole project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's um that sounds like a nightmare (laughs) yeah so that's why we do this way i mean i guess if my carrera ever comes uh, no if tom chichilla ever comes after you from a copyright (laughs) standpoint and is like we you owe us this much money for all the mxpx clips 
you could just take those down and put them in like an you know put just put them behind the patreon paywall or something Right. Well, I mean that you're more right that Tom C would definitely. <laughs> he, did, he did mention it uh, when he left his ten minute diatribe, maybe more than ten right. minute diatribe on our podcast. He's like, yeah. "We're cool with you guys playing, even though it's an obvious infringement of copyright." Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's the nice thing about Fiverr is they own all their own stuff now, so yeah, right. they're good with it. So. Jess, I want to hear some of your thoughts on these on these Reliant K five iron tracks. Are you, which one do you like the most? I like the Scott one better. <laughs> That's for right. Starters. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do. Uh, so this was, it wasn't my introduction to five iron frenzy because when I met Danny, I had only ever heard of. The, I didn't grow up with being like you have to listen to like non secular music or whatever versus secular. It was just I happened to fall upon the insiders because my mom was at family christian bookstore one day and i was like oh this looks like fun can i get this and she was like yeah sure so i got scalaluya and then later i got scalaluya too i think right. is kind of how it went yeah and then so that <laughs> that's was the, the order of them that's the order of them that was the <laughs> only introduction i had to to but she didn't know what Scalaluya meant. She no, didn't understand. Didn't she was just like, oh, it's a weird title. She didn't yeah. know it was referencing Ska. Nope. So I told her what Ska was at the time. And I was like, look, there will never be a fourth wave. <laughs> it was definitely. So- <laughs> There's no need to worry about a fourth wave. We're already in the fifth wave. Danny These were this- part of, this, this was part of your wedding vows, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Like, I won't hog the remote. (laughs) Yeah. I won't hog the remote, and there's only three waves of ska. Yeah. I do. Um, You are the. We we are coming together much like the two tone uh, comes together, blending. Like the white and the black checkerboards. Yeah. The two tone becomes one. Is this the moment where we can talk about what your license plate said, Danny? Have you talked about this on your podcast? Oh, that's right. Because I learned mostly about all of these ska bands from Danny's junky old green Corolla with his license plate. That said MA ska. Because I love the Boston's Biggie and the Kids Table. I was like all about going to local bands, the Alstonians, yeah. all these like local ska bands. And I wanted like ska. Okay, okay. I moved to New Hampshire where <laughs> vanity plates are a big deal. Like they put the vanity plate um, re- application form in front of you when you register in New Hampshire. They're like, please do this. Give us the extra money. No problem. <laughs> like 60% of people in the 2000s had, in New Hampshire had vanity plates. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I'll do one. I'm like, I look at ska, no taken. Okay, ska, ska, taken. Okay, ska, 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 uh, too long. Uh, and then eventually I just decided, okay, I specifically like Massachusetts ska as well. That's my favorite of the, <laughs> that's my Side favorite note, of the waves. Because he had a New Hampshire plate, no one, none of our friend group knew what that meant. So we called it Mosca. We're like Mosca. Danny and his Mosca car because we didn't realize <laughs> yeah. it was M.A. for Massachusetts. And my aunts thought it meant Mosca. Car, like my mom's car. <laughs> I mean, you're from Boston, so I guess that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Ma! It's your car! It's my car! I like it because it's clearly the first part of Massachusetts, which is what the Oh, yeah, there you go. Say. And you're from uh, Scotston. Yeah. You know, what you could have. What if you like had some sort of uh, form of like pick it up? That would have been an even better license. I could have. Yeah. Then people would just be like, oh, he's like a dog walker. He just picks up. 
That's uh, your immediate. You immediately go from he's either talking about ska or picking up or, poop. Yeah. <laughs> the two. The two. But the two I hope options. that it tied in. Those are I the only two things in. one picks up. My car was also plastered in punk and ska stickers, so I hoped that people. I was like, the only people who need to know what this means are the ones who are cool enough to know what it means. <laughs> Did you imagine like you'd be driving down the street? And, and and then like Dicky Bear would pull up next to you and you'd be like, yeah. like hey! and then you'd be like, I need a new dancing guy. You want to be that guy? One time at college, because I took this car to Full Sail to to uh, Orlando where I, we where we met in college, and one time someone who had must have seen my car around, but it wasn't a person I knew. He saw my car arriving, and he, and they must have been like, there's the guy. There's that guy with his Massachusetts ska plate. So they put on impression that I get, and they blasted it as they drove past me. It was like a fever dream. And to this day, I'm like, did that really happen? And I'm like, yes, I guess it did. That's amazing. You know, you know what's kind of nuts is I've met two people in the last, like, six months that have never heard that song. Really? And, and I'm just like... I just don't know how it's even possible. Children? Or... <laughs> <laughs> they are they are infants. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, they're they're in their they're in their late twenties, and so I'm like, well, I'm like, I, uh, I'm like, Jessica I, just had a reaction. What? She has a reaction to people being too young. Yes, I do. <laughs> Just in general. She hates that. I don't let yeah. it get me down, but Jessica hates that people are young nowadays. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it's, yeah, how, Look, um, if you're under 30, I don't want to talk to you. Like, what are you going to talk about? I don't know. You're just... Uh, so pretty much in this, in this quarantine, Jess, are you just yelling at people from your stoop? Yes. <laughs> you're you're yeah. you love you love social distancing you can just tell people to get off your lawn you have your yep. you have your rona stick and you're beating people away like get off my lawn <laughs> six feet um okay so did you have a reliant k sticker on your car danny i probably did i don't remember i'd have to go look at the okay, okay. pictures i have of it again just wanted to make sure your cred was. It wasn't ska archive. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just ska bands on there. I remember the real big fish sticker. There was a Reggie in the full effect sticker. Um, I don't remember every sticker on there. I'd have to go look. Is this Five Iron Prince related? He definitely had a Brave Saint Saturn shirt that he wore all the time. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. I may or may not have sold that. No, you still have it. I still have I saw it one. recently. Okay. I sold a bunch of my like coolest shirts. I'm like, this has to find someone. I don't want this anymore, but I can't just give this away. It needs to find a proper home. Sure. Well, we're knee deep in Brave Saint Saturn right now. Yeah, I'll have to find that shirt. But uh, yeah, <laughs> my, my my ska mobile. So yeah, Jessica had never really. She didn't really know what ska music was. She had heard. She didn't know she liked the uh suicide machines because they were on the brink soundtrack but and then we we finally (laughs) i finally watched brinks yeah oh i love it i I finally watched brink with her uh it's on disney plus now but like right before disney plus came out she was like it's on on amazon Amazon, prime and she bought it and then i I was like oh this is the suicide machines (laughs) 
And then he was giggling too much during it. I was like, you're going to ruin this. I can't watch anymore with you. It's a perfect movie. (laughs) The perfect movie. (laughs) Oh, man. So many, so many Disney Channel. That was like, that was like the, the glory days of the Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, those Smart were House, they, Luck of the Irish, <laughs> Brink. Uh, did you? What about uh, the Paper Brigade? Yes, yeah, <laughs> the, the, so they good. Heard that one. Yeah, yeah, Alley so, Cats Rule, like yeah. Yeah, the Paper Brigade. That was the one with Gunther Wheeler, this kid who's like, uh, like he had this like weird treehouse and. There was like trying to get this like paper route, and there were all these like there's like this really weird, like crazy Civil War reenactor guy on their yes. block. Yes, so- I think about that movie all the time, and I can never <laughs> like completely remember the name of it. I well, love that movie so much, Paper Brigade. Yes. Yeah, I it's it was a Paper Boy, but yeah, I love it so much. It's so it's such. I mean, you talk, Danny, you talk about fever dreams. Some of these old Disney movies, you're just like, these are, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, I had a friend who recently was like, she got Disney Plus and she's like, oh my gosh, have any of you watched The Color of Friendship? And it's a very unfortunate Disney movie where they're trying to be like inclusive, but it's just unfortunate. And she was like sending us like short videos of her watching it. And it was like, it's called The Color of Friendship. It's about a white girl and a black girl becoming friends in the 90s. So unfortunate. What a radical message to send to kids in the 90s. I'm I'm just, (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for there to be some sort of message that just sort of like, that there's like some sort of, you know, erasure of like racial identity. It's like, it doesn't matter what you are or something. It's like, (laughs) I'm colorblind, which was definitely the pervasive messaging yeah. on race yeah. in the 90s for children. Were you expecting to get into deep dive on racial justice on this episode? <laughs> well, it's a crossover with Magnified Pods, so yes, of course. I mean, yeah. Wherever wherever we go, you know, we just <laughs> we bring some We got to we got to bring the real talk and the justice bullet nonsense for and, an hour. And, and the bullet train to Bummerville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so if you want to um, go from racial justice to to a, a very fitting transition, which is mm. this tea party short. Yes, they're not related oh at all. I've but, never um, seen this. Wow, I'm showing this Jessica. Is a what dream. is this? Yeah. So okay, on Fiverr. Oh so to, to explain for everyone out there, especially Reliant K fans who might not know about this, listening, Fiverr and Frenzy during their breakup came out with their DVD, and it was a compilation of this way too long documentary, <laughs> three hour documentary, which could easily be cut down to 80 minutes of uh, Fiverr and Frenzy's history. Um, and then there's a ton of special features in there uh, with you know their music videos and other concert footage, their whole last show is on there. And a bunch of like short films that Reese Roper made in his spare time. This is so Lynchian. And so this one is called Tea Party. It's on the Fiverr and Frenzy DVD. And Reese Roper directed it. It's... He like edited it, directed it, wrote it, produced yeah. it. <laughs> I I assume, and I don't know this for certain, but I assume it's like they were probably playing at a church in 2001 for the Electric Youth Tour. If it wasn't exactly that, it was probably something similar. This is for and sure. And they went to the nursery in the church yeah. that they were playing at, and we're yeah. like, let's just make a short film for the hell of it. And it is Andy 
Verdecchio, Micah Ortega from Fire and Frenzy, and Matt Thiessen sitting around a little kids like play table. A very small table for these two yeah. for these three large men. Yes, having a tea party with these little baby dolls. And there's and then, other people in the background. Yes, and that's why I think my theory on its creation is true. Because you see who I have to assume. I think this was filmed in Wisconsin. I think. I think it's at the end. It tells you where it was filmed, what church, what, what, what town it was filmed in. You see people who have to be like church workers at this church they were playing at. <laughs> yeah. Horrified. Just walking around like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> but yeah. they probably, they probably, because for the Electric Youth Tour, um, I saw it twice, once in Boston at a proper rock club and the second night in New Hampshire at a church. This took which, a twist I was when not I first saw, yeah. Sorry. He's playing When I first me. saw the Tea Party short, part of my, part of my like heart hoped that that's, this was filmed at the Bridge Church in Manchester, New Hampshire, because it could have been. I've talked about this show before. It was during the Electric Youth Tour. It was a church where they played, where Fiber and Frenzy and Relan K played. They had like bought the bar next to the church. It was a church in an old industrial park. And they bought the bar next to it and turned the bar into like a coffee house where they had the show that night. And then eventually uh, security would, would just kind of like leave for the night because they were all like volunteers from the church. So I stuck around long enough that I just got to start walking around the church. And there's there's uh, there's Fire and Frenzy just walking right there. There's Ace Troubleshooter. And I'm just walking around bothering everyone and they can't do anything about it because <laughs> there's not real security guards hired for this night. Oh, I was security on multiple Five Iron Tours, so that is a true statement. <laughs> so uh, I it wish says, filmed on location in Mulligan's Harbor, Michigan, at okay. Coast Guard Fest. Yeah. So that's a thing. Wow, Coast Guard Fest. <laughs> so suddenly everything. So Jessica was saying this is Lynchian. It starts <laughs> with those three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It starts with those three guys having a little tea party with some baby dolls, and then suddenly yeah. they're all covered in blood, and yeah. their eyes are bleeding, <laughs> and just everything goes wrong. They're all this. screaming. <laughs> and again, church volunteers are just are walking just around in the background. In the background. <laughs> and you can Hell. see, you can see some of them sort of like laughing because it's <laughs> it is it is an absurd <laughs> video. Part of me was like wondering, like you know, because Andy has sort of like also a dark sense of humor he wrote like a he's written some like uh, like a, a some like horror s- stories like for children and i'm like i'm like i wonder if this is like also like a, the brainchild of andy because it, it just seems also kind of in his in his wheelhouse of yeah sort of it seems very <laughs> andy it seems very Reese. are you saying this is uh, like poltergeist where people think spielberg secretly directed it you're saying you think andy secretly directed <laughs> this film but reese roper got it for the uh the w <laughs> the for, for the dga, for the DGA credit, credit. Yeah. <laughs> toby <laughs> hooper is the andy <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> that's a deep cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah this thing it just never stops it keeps going <laughs> it's uh it's really something um yeah directed by photography by editing sound by reese <laughs> i assume this was shortlisted for oscar that year right. for short films. absolutely yeah. um but yeah i andrew this kind of feels like something you would have done like your morning announcement videos <laughs> yeah they took a slightly darker turn could have easily gone there well that was i did do a um a morning announcement video that that was very long about somebody that was part of our uh, video production crew who 
graduated and then we the next year made this sort of tribute to him where we were trying to find a replacement for him and then at the end of the video there was just we had like this shrine that we made to him that we we're just like we we're like we we're sad that he left and we we're like trying to find his replacement but by the end of the video we couldn't find anybody who was good enough and so the end of the video is us just like tearing these effigies of him off the wall and like in like crying in agony and like um all set to a uh a some 41 song actually nice. perfect <laughs> I mean, nice that sounds like something you should post on our feed um, but there was no ketchup blood involved right in no definitely not yeah that was uh that's disturbing yeah i am slowly making my way through the rise and fall dvd and all of its extras and it's yeah yeah it's quite something um, the, uh, <laughs> I want to start getting into the other clips that we have, like, or there's no sure. cover. No, there's one cover, but, um, one thing I want to say about the Fire and Frenzy DVD, when Reese directed and edited it together, I was like, okay, here's the 10th time the band's being introduced in the documentary. <laughs> like, I feel like two of those in the documentary is enough. It's like another, ladies and gentlemen, Five Iron Frenzy. Like, I get it. I, I even understand if the documentary was, like, two hours long and you fill it with a lot of raw footage because it's for the fans. But, like, some of that raw footage gets very monotonous compared to what you've already seen in the previous two hours. And then you still have an hour to go. Yeah. Well, get ready for our episode on the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we, we should... invite you on for... I feel like we should do a live stream episode of... The That's DVD. Not a bad idea. The Ramones did a, they had End of the Century, which was their like documentary documentary. And it's at like the a same time, film, yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, they released Raw, which right, was right. like all the leftover document footage that they didn't put into the proper documentary. Like I felt like Fire and Frenzy could have done something like that. <laughs> well, but again, I understand the band was dead. It was never coming back unless he ate a can of mayonnaise. So. <laughs> Where's that uh, Reliant K documentary at? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah. They told me, Matt Thiessen told me, like, in Ooh. 2000 or something, in 2001, that they had shot a goofy video of, like, where, you know, like, a fake behind the music thing, where, like, one of them was raised by wolves or something like that. It was, like, a joke, but I never, it never came out as far as I'm aware. As, you know, I'm as sure as I'm it was, I'm sure it's cringy as hell. Yeah, it's yeah. probably really <laughs> shot on video. I think you need to put the... Reliant K signal out and have somebody send that in if they've got the footage of it somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know what someone needs to do. Someone who's actually good at editing. Someone should actually edit down the rise and fall footage into something more right. coherent of a of a of a movie. Danny, will he you also, accept this challenge? Yeah, yeah I, I could say. Yeah. I could totally do it. We have it. We could just rip yeah. it and work on it. I like one other thing is. It was a stylistic choice for him. I didn't agree with it for Reese Roper. I mean, to decide that when he had to jump cut in the middle of an interview to purposely put black frames in to like, here's a jump cut, you know, talking, talking, and then cut to another talking. I was he thinking, puts in a black frame. <laughs> Just don't put in the black frame. You would put in like, you know, you cut to a still or something. Right. Like that, but, you know. but a lot of documentaries nowadays just allow the jump cut within the same interview footage. Sure. So just, you can just do that. You don't have to have a special little flash to identify that this interview footage is. You might cut. have thought that was a transition, but that's not actually a transition. <laughs> Maybe. 
I mean, star wipes are nothing for me. <laughs> um, Rise and Fall of Five Iron Frenzy Special Edition, or the D Specialized Edition. All like yeah. those f- Star Wars fans who have gone back in and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are they're the real heroes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. George Lucas. This, this I was gonna curse, gonna, but I know you guys are not a cursing. Fan. Yeah, I'm going um, to. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go and add Jar Jar Binks into every scene. <laughs> he could only help things. I feel like Jar Jar probably played trumpet at like Soul Fest once or something, right? Like, yeah. Oh. Yes! Whoa, my God! This what? is like an out of nowhere memory that I saw the Supertones during Chase Chase the Sun era, Jar-Jar and was there? there was a the, they had a touring keyboardist just for that tour. They never had a key, keyboardist any other time I saw them, and he was wearing a Jar Jar Binks mask for wow. half the show. Oh, man. That's amazing. Wow. Well, John and I, John and I, have talked about starting all sorts of uh, synth pop bands and and but I, I feel like we should probably start like a ska band called like jar jar and the gun banks let's just say jar jar and the gar and the gungans or something like that that's pretty good too yeah <laughs> so um speaking of gungans let's yeah. cover some covers so but uh there's really there's one cover but before that did you guys hear the reliant k playing my evil plan to save the world yeah um yeah. playing I, that was yeah <laughs> it's not a good recording no, um that's blamed more on the recording than how it actually no sounded. yeah no, and it was like it, a boot it, it was, was a bootleg it was an actual bootleg recording because this was sounded, the electric- it sounded rough yeah man. it sounds rough i'm gonna play it for jessica i didn't play for her yet but it was during the electric youth tour it was like hey thanks to fire and frenzy for bringing us on tour now we're gonna play one of their songs <laughs> and then I think they continued. Reliant Cape also played it the rest of that year if they were playing a festival without Five Iron Frenzy. It starts so, off poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think whichever, whatever performance this is, is the only one that got uploaded to YouTube. So it sounds rough, but there might have been other better ones out there. I know, for instance, I have never found f- uh, audio or footage of Reliant Cape playing uh, We Built This City on Rock and Roll which was from 2000. They did that that whole tour in 2000 or 2001. 2001. Earlier. Whatever. What am I saying? I don't know. Wait. When did when did was, all the hype come out? 2001. It was 2001. It was the same year. I can't find I can't find audio of that. So this is the only recording I mean, of Reliant K. I it sounds so rough gonna, yeah. and the echo only hurts it. Like yeah. I'm going to... So here it is. I like the album art. Yeah. Well, someone put that together. I'm gonna cut this in in post with a, a harsh cut. And I think it's better than the way it's being run. Oh, the groundwork's laid. Don't need to be afraid. I'm sure that I can fix it when I figure out the physics. My whole plan to save the world. Two wings and lips are burned. And I'll go down in this story. <laughs> Jessica just made a face. <laughs> his voice, yeah. his voice sounds yeah. bad. Yeah. Right. One thing I will say is, if you don't listen to Tyson past the first like <laughs> the first three gears, you definitely don't get his like more melodic singing. He works on that a lot mm-hmm. in yeah. uh, over the years. Interesting. Yeah. 
So there's that. <laughs> so there is. I would like to hear another recording of that from that same tour, but I mean, I like this. I I like that. I think the guitar harmonics work for the song, and I think if it were a studio ooh, version, <laughs> what? Yes. I said, ooh, Shh. music talk. Shh. Be quiet. We need this. <laughs> we need this. Quiet. This. Quiet. I'm the one talking. No, I mean, I just I. I think that the that the the translation from the horn lines to the harmonics on the guitars I think totally works. It just sounds so sloppy. Like right. that they're like, "Hey guys, should we try this tomorrow?" And then they just like <laughs> and then they're like, "Ah, yeah, it shouldn't be too hard." And then you're Good like, enough. "Oh, this is actually kind of a complex song." And, right. Uh, yeah, they could have attempted something easier, but yeah, you know, I give them. But maybe it was effort. like, I again, this is a big assumption, but because they played it on that tour with Five Iron, I was like, did they go to Five Iron and say, hey, we want to do one of your songs? What are you not doing this tour? Uh, maybe, yeah, and they're like, oh, well, we're not doing. They probably went back and forth. I was like, no, we're doing that song. No, we're doing that song, and then they landed on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, the like harmonies on the. Serving children in pain. <laughs> if you're not going to nail that, that's a tough attempt. Yeah. Um, anyway. God well, bless them for trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we can bless see, their heart. We can see if It's Been a Summer on YouTube in 2015 did a cover of both of, I think he did both versions. Did you guys watch this one as well? It's the yes. one guy who did an acoustic cover. So I'm going to play this for Jessica who hasn't heard it yet. Have you seen this guy before? Is he like a Reliant K? Right? No. this very earnest guy who we haven't heard from in a while but he did a bunch of Reliant K covers yeah. pretty early on this is his only real cover everything else is drum covers and stuff <laughs> he's having a great time he's having fun this guy's having a great time seems like the chords are pretty simple yeah now he's trying he's trying but not really trying to do upstrokes he's really just <laughs> Doing a campfire upbeat thing. So, what do you think of It's Been a Summer Dress? It exists. It exists. <laughs> Five stars. Um, get That's right. Five. Andrew's mad because we don't get angry enough with our with right. our with our, uh, with our covers. <laughs> well, I mean, I just feel like uh, I feel like early on in your, I feel like you try and keep the tone of the pod fairly positive yeah. whereas <laughs> you know whereas you know john and i are like uh this is garbage <laughs> so yeah i'm I sorry that we're like true. saying like your lord and savior matt Teeson that that song <laughs> you know that that, that no, I agree. Was... It's a really, it's a really bad cover of yeah. Reliant K. But again, it was just a live performance that night. I don't know. 
I think we tried to do a movie podcast before we settled on this. Yeah. And because we know a lot more about movies and we could have been a lot more critical about that stuff, but because we don't really know what it takes to make music, we can't, it's hard to be as critical if we're just like, yeah, this is out of key. This sounds bad. Yeah. And our <laughs> movie podcast didn't end up taking off because we were like, because we work in the film industry, we're like, well, we don't want to like offend too many people because <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't work if we don't do it. And also, you know, Jessica would talk. People. Jessica would stop me because she'd be like, thinking I'm talking to inside baseball, and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> so we got frustrated with each other. Yeah. And well, I was, trying did to you do. have like an angle, or what was your? No, we were just gonna talk about movies that we like because we like bad movies, and we like looking for regional movies that people have uploaded to Amazon Prime. That Amazon like, Prime is the greatest <laughs> invention of all humanity because anybody can put anything on there. Yeah. And it's just so People don't realize Amazon bad. Prime is basically just one level up from YouTube. Like you can up yeah. anyone can upload anything to Amazon Prime as long as you actually own the copyright to it. Okay. And so you find the craziest crap and people make full length hundreds of people make full length movies in their backyards every year. <laughs> And they're there on Amazon Prime to be <laughs> <Yeah>. seen. <laughs> and Danny well, and I spend our, spend our nights like looking digging. for those. <laughs> yeah. I know that, um, like, Twitch, you can watch anything on Twitch that's on Amazon Prime. So you guys should host a live movie watch oh, there you of those bad movies. Yeah. And we'll tune in and watch it with you. Okay. I was anyway. telling Jessica we want to do we want to do some live streams. There's a... Uh, a couple of Reliant K webs. There's two Reliant K web series that they did, like documentary style web series. Okay. And then there is the C Spot Rock DVD, which I've never been able to get all the way through. But it's like a Supertones Reliant K, I think Pillar, definitely some sort of Christian rap rap rock band, and John Rubin okay. on a tour. And there's just like I've yeah I've never finished it. Fascinating. We're gonna watch that at some point. I can't wait. Um, and then I think I just had one more thing. That mashup, I, right? That mashup. Did you hear? Yeah. So yeah. for when Fiber and Frenzy, I would, and I, I didn't know about this until I found this Sahara. So someone mashed up the Fiber and Frenzy song, Dark and Stormy Night with right. Sahara. And then I found out that when Fiber and Frenzy got back together, they uploaded all of the isolated tracks for all the instruments to Dark and Stormy Night to SoundCloud to allow people to do a contest of remixes and mashups and stuff. So you can find multiple Dark and Stormy Night derivative works, mashups, re-record, uh, you know, whatever, remixes right. on SoundCloud. Yeah. And this one person decided to mash it up with Sahara. I think I said Savannah, but I meant Sahara. It sounds pretty so good. I'm, yeah, I'm going to play this for Jess right now. Whereas I'm not a big fan of mashups because they usually like whoever's speaking the mashup is like yeah Jessica hates mashups traditionally because she if she knows one or or both songs she can't not hear 
those sure. songs in her head so yeah. it conflicts but that's really that's yeah that's pretty good yeah there's a couple of like breakdowns that he kind of edit he or she kind of edited in that didn't work for me like some transitions from parts was like, oh, we're going here now. And then it gets back into the, And then it starts to get seamless again. And then they, it was like, okay, we're now we're getting into the next part. And then we get there. So it wasn't like totally seamless for me if you heard the whole thing. But And you guys said you didn't know music talk. No, nah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, uh, did you guys... There were John, horns in that. John shared, the, John shared the most beautiful uh, mashup with me recently <laughs> yeah no oh. there's um, this guy who there's a comedian who puts um <laughs> hey, it's been one week since you looked at me oh, yeah. into like all these songs have you guys heard this before no but that sounds amazing i've heard i've heard things like that like uh the friends when they yes, add, yes, get down with the sickness and things like uh -huh. that yeah friends is, is that the same is that the same guy I don't know. I mean, maybe okay. many people probably use friends, but it is funny because like Andrew was saying, you keep kind of waiting for like a more, um, I don't know, a thorough mashup, but it's really just like <laughs> they play an intro of a famous song and then <laughs> hard switches it to yes, man. <laughs> it's very enjoyable. Anyway. Uh, yeah. This I, I want to see if I, I want to see if I can find it just so we can, so you can experience the, the joy. Well, I found, I just want to play the Friends Disturbed uh, mashup that I was talking about. Here's Please. that. <laughs> That's the 10 second version. That's like memeing out. And then there's like a full version of it. Amazing. Um, yeah, the guy's name is Nate Fernald and he has a uh, weak music volume one, he calls it. So <laughs> check that out if you are so inclined. Um, man, his, uh, the website, like it doesn't, it's like all the links. I don't remember where I watched these that you, what was, that you. One week and, and what was the song it was mashed up with? It's like a billion songs. Uh, okay. but Nate Fernald is the guy's name. And he's got a Tumblr one week. Here's All Star One Week mashup. That's like the, that's like the ultimate Applebee's playlist right there. Yep. One week and all star. That's what I this is the I always refer to it as Applebee's music. Yeah. Like any kind of like pseudo like not punk, but like any kind of like Goo Dolls is definitely Applebee's music. I also refer to I refer to Goo Goo Dolls as pop punk for people. <laughs> that don't know why you'd take an unpaid internship. <laughs> like, basically, like, pop punk, but not actual punk. Just, like, sanitized enough to play in an Applebee's mm. and, rel and relive your glory days after a day at the office. You know, speaking of Applebee's, I once heard Ska described as the feeling that a 13-year-old gets when he sees <laughs> mozzarella sticks. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. That's like yeah. a gut for uh, Scott Facebook group members. That's been yeah. a big thing on the. Oh, that's been a big thing on the. I hate Fiverr and Frenzy message board. It's been so. Guess, it's been so obnoxious. Yeah. So uh, I talked about this last week, but yeah, uh, it, David Camarina from Heart Like War, uh, and the Today I Grew Up YouTube show. Um, he's been on Mike's pod, Mike Herrera's podcast and stuff. Uh, he 
he's a friend of ours in real life here in Los Angeles. And he told me, like, oh, you should join, because he knew I do NMXPX memes. He's like, you should join the I Hate Fiverr and Frenzy Facebook group. They do a lot of Fiverr and Frenzy memes there. So I joined it, and I've, I have I feel like I'm slowly becoming the villain of that Facebook group. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> I love when people don't know that you're trolling them. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about it, especially with the, uh, did you guys see when I went on the MXPX message group, and I pretended I didn't understand that <laughs> punk rock show was saved for the for the uh, encore and yeah. everyone got so mad at me <laughs> MXPX group is very earnest which is yeah yeah that that's see that's the thing that I love about about the five iron community is that right. no one takes themselves very seriously right, right. and there everybody seems to be in on the joke but 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 mxpx fans which is why i think people got upset with our first season of the podcast because they're right. just like how how dare you critique yeah. like it's like come on guys let's all let's all calm down let's not take when ourselves I... so seriously uh what's the reliant k fan community like uh we're slowly getting a sense yeah, of that it's, okay. because it's very i find it to be very uh mishmash yeah yeah it's very it's a very wide community where at, people either get like intense sarcasm or they're kind of like a little more serious yeah and i definitely don't have a sense of like when we started the podcast we decided to bleep the swears because we thought okay reliant k is closer to just from being on Goatee Records, they're like they're closer to the CCM like clean culture world. So let's not have swears on our podcast and stuff. But then we definitely have found fans who are not that way, and I've found like you know the LGBT fans who have done videos on YouTube and stuff. So politically, religiously, it's sort of all over the board. I definitely have noticed people who have followed us and been like Reliant K podcast. This is great. And then two weeks later, they're not following us anymore. <laughs> but, like, it's not, there's just not one temperament that I found in the Real K fandom now. And maybe that's because they've had so many errors, errors, and they've had so many different, like, ways in which they presented themselves either. They were, they admitted, Real K called themselves a ministry band for those first three albums for sure. And then we're like, at what point did they maybe not consider themselves a ministry and just consider themselves a real band like MXPX yeah. always was? Um, so because I think Reliant K has evolved so much, they have a, a, a very varied fan base that comes from a lot of different points of view than we expected necessarily when we started the podcast. Yeah, kind of at the beginning, we did a Twitter poll where we were like, because we realized... Danny and I in real life swear a lot. So we're like, should we swear? And then Danny gave like four different options. And th I think the most right. clicked one was we don't care. But like the second, which was really, really close, was like, you should bleep it. So right. that's why we bleep it. Yeah. But we, we never, uh, now uh, we could do that and it would we, probably be different. We, we never did. AB tested our, our approach. <laughs> nope. Nope. I we, find we're just yeah. like, which is, yeah, we're like, this is. When, which is why when we, we when we went into Five Iron knowing that the the fan base was maybe going to be a little bit more uh, still Christian, maybe erring on the side, uh, maybe having some more conservative leanings, um, we 
we really tried to in that first episode make it abundantly clear <laughs> right what we uh, are so yeah. so as not to have people be like what 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 yeah and then like yeah. clutch their pearls and find their fainting couch and whatever yeah if the world is clamoring for a clean five iron podcast someone can <laughs> put it upon themselves to do that well if if it was me it wouldn't be jessica i guess <laughs> You wouldn't want to do a Fiber and Frenzy podcast with me, is what I'm saying. I don't know. She looked at me like so confused, like what? Uh, For years now, I've told Danny to do an MXPX podcast, but he's like, I was like, I can't be your co-host because I just don't know enough about the band. And I don't want to do the Bill Bill Burr one-person podcast talking into a vacuum (laughs) about MXPX every week. And that was like before we either of us had launched our uh, MXPX. Yeah. 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 You, um... But then, but then you could be, uh, you know, Jess, you could be like uh, Bill Burr's wife and just occasionally walk in the room, and then Bill Burr like, yeah. "Hey, why don't you uh, you talk to talk to the people?" And ah, yeah, you know, me undies, whatever. What are we just talking about, Andrew? Sorry, I swore. Okay, you can you can. We bleep swear it. on the podcast. We you do. Can, we just I got, bleep it. Yeah, yeah, we just bleep it. Bleep yeah. That. Baby. <laughs> can I can I make an editing job really difficult for you? Just like yeah, it's already like, facing a lot with this episode. So yeah, just just like trying to make your life easier. Just go on a tear and just swear a lot. Um, what other ground do we need to cover, guys? Um, I don't know. I feel like we. I think we did it all. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, speaking of MXPX. Oh yeah. I started trying to because I've been trying to learn the bass, and I oh, yeah. I started <laughs> I learning Chick Magnet last night. Yes. And I started is... playing it. And I'm like, well, first I... she did brain that night. First she did brain stew, and I did. she did it perfect yes. first time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly what she's doing. And then I was playing Animal Crossing, <laughs> and we need to get Andrew's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my friend uh, code. Yeah, your friend yeah. code. Um, so I'm playing Animal Crossing and I'm not paying attention to what she's practicing after she had successfully done Brain Stew. And she's like, Danny, are you hearing what I'm doing? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm zoned out, what? And she's like, okay, I'm going to do it again. And she does it again. And let me think of how it was done, because Trick Magnet <laughs> would be da-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. So she was like, dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, I'm I don't know what learning. you're playing. <laughs> like, once she told, she wouldn't tell me. To me, it sounded like trick baggage. So Danny, he's like, as soon as I'm doing it, I'm so proud because like I just learned it for him. And I'm like, Danny, listen, listen, listen. And he's like, I couldn't tell I don't know what that is. And, and then, then when I'm she like, told me, he's finally, like, that after doesn't a sound of- like trick magnet. <laughs> I could tell the notes were there, but the rhythm was, the groove was wrong. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I also play bass, and those were two of the first songs that I played. Nice. Um, along with uh, Five Iron's flowery song, the like do 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 do. Oh, nice. Um, you so can anyways, learn that. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a catchy one if you wanna get some bass tabs going. Yeah. So uh, the bass. <laughs> Have you learned um, slapping yet? Of the I haven't bass? learned slapping yet. Oh, I'm okay. doing bass buzz. That like teacher. Ooh online program and yeah. i haven't gotten to slapping yet he's like we'll learn slapping but that's much later and i'm like oh <laughs> so i have to get through all the like introduction sure. stuff before i can get there before you can do like the seinfeld theme and stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> which um, i learned was on a keyboard apparently yeah. and but you yeah. can fake it yeah i mean it can, yeah. it can be done uh i think you so just gotta i think you just gotta just got a copyright strike. That was like two seconds. 
Um, fair enough. Well, um, what's the deal with copyright strikes? <laughs> Dude, sorry guys, your archive has been taken down. Yeah. Um, Jerry uh, Seinfeld, huge Reliant K fan. <laughs> How do you pronounce this? Just something there. <laughs> he would write a book called like the complex <laughs> infrastructure of the female mind. That seems kind of yeah. like a Jerry thing to do. Bird and the B sides. Birds and the B movie. B movie. Bird and the B movie. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> done and done. Andrew pushed me down to get yeah. to that to get to that finish line. I can't yeah. wait for that to show up on your Instagram or the Natum XPX memes. Uh, I have or something like I that. I just thought of it because I did that once. I took the bird out of the bird and the B sides, and okay, I just put okay. in the Jerry Seinfeld. But I can push it harder. I can do more with that later. <laughs> push your art to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, this has been very fun to talk nonsense with you guys. Yes, yeah. thank, um, you. thank I, you. I'm, I'm going to become a Reliant K fan. I can feel it. I, uh, so. John, don't so, don't end this podcast in a lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm making my way through. Well, like four hours ago, I did have a recommendation for you, and I'll go back to it, and that's where we can end on. Since you said like you went up basically to you said you went up to mm-hmm basically right yeah, or yeah. five yeah, it was it was uh, Andrew who went up to five score. So since you're not more you're not as familiar with their last decade, uh-huh. check out Forget Not Slow Down. Yeah, that's the check one that out. everybody seems to tell me to check. Yeah. And then check out Air for Free because yeah. I think it's like it's it's a very it's a great way in which Reliant K caught up to today. Okay, and that's all I want to say. Like they they they're it's not a pop punk pop rock album. They just found a way to catch up to the sort of pop ideas of today. After cool. you've deep dive, you know, done you checked out those albums enough. Then go to Collapsible Lung. No, don't ever listen to Collapsible Lung ever. Just don't. No, Avoid this is what I'm saying. Costs. Don't listen. Well, I'm, what I'm definitely saying is do not listen to Collapsible Lung until you've heard Air for Free and Forget Not Slow Down. Okay. But then when you've hopefully found those albums to have some merit, then I want to know what you think of Collapsible Lung because okay. that is the that is the anti-Air for Free. That is where they were like, let's be every popular band right now. Right. The only frame of reference I have for it is when you guys have mentioned it on the pod. So. <laughs> right. Um, fascinating. Yes, I will do a deep dive and report back. Um, yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I guess so. Uh, just to wrap up, like remind everyone where they can hear Magnified Pod. And I guess since this uh-huh. is a simul, this is a simulcast, we'll have to do the same thing. <laughs> Let's do it at the same time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're on all the regular places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at MagnifiedPod. Send us an email, magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can give us a call or voicemail, 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. That's a long number. (laughs) No, you said it twice. Get it on... She's looking at me like you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can you can continue to boo me as I do our plugs. Oh, but first, oh. and their art is by our friend from college. Oh, that's right, Matt. Uh, Matt. Yeah. I never knew the origins of this. Let's, let's yeah, get right. He was so, a groomsman at our wedding. So Matt, <laughs> it, Heavy Orton Studios. His name's Matt. He's a friend of ours from college where we met, and um, he was a big fan of. He's not a Christian, 
as far as I'm aware, right? Oh, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get new artwork, I guess. He's not he's not he's he's not evangelical. I could definitely say that. I don't know his religious background, but uh, he just liked Earthworm Jim, and he liked Doug Snaple's work. And I was like, oh, if you like Doug Snaple, have you ever seen these Fire and Frenzy covers? And he had not. I didn't try to get him into Fire and Frenzy or whatever from that. (laughs) He had this whole pitch for like a. Uh, like an and now Doug Snaples doing he's like crowdfunding an actual Earthworm Jim comic book like a new comic book, right. but he had back in two thousand five my our friend Heavy Ordnance Studio Matt he had this whole pitch for like a Dark Knight Returns Earthworm Jim story Ooh. and it was great he he didn't pitch it that way he just had like like this like you know Dark Knight of the Soul sort of Earthworm Jim like is pseudo ending story and i suggested dirt night returns as the title it's <laughs> good it's good and he could draw earthworm jim like it was ducks and Apple drawing it so when you guys were looking for art um i knew to go to him right away because i already knew he could copy ducks and Apple style in that way yeah and it's, it's, it's perfect perfect it, it was perfect rules thank you for that thank <laughs> you for the recentra thank you for all your support over the years i mean yes that, that Reese intro, I haven't talked about that, but yeah, when Reese says you're listening to our newest podcast ever, that was at the Glasshouse show last year, the year before. I don't know, whenever. And two years ago, I think, maybe? Yeah. yeah. And uh, basically, I wanted to get that for you guys, but I didn't want to be the asshole who pushed some kid out of the way from talking to Reese Roper <laughs> to say, hey, I need to talk to you. So I waited all night and I was the uh, last one to talk to him and I could tell Reese was on his like running on fumes yeah. and he was super gracious yeah. to do that when I'm like the last guy, the, like the last person at the party, totally out wearing his welcome and asking him to do that that intro for your podcast. Well, that oh. just makes us love the guy even more. <laughs> yeah. And love you even more. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you want to hear a lot more of Reese Roper, listen to our version of this episode because he <laughs> may have left a few voicemails. Oh, <laughs> sweet! Wow. Uh, mostly related here. to Brave Saint Saturn. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Nice. The closest little, we've little gotten teasing. to Matt. Yeah, we've had one person from Reliant K, John Schneck, interact with the show. The, the closest we've had is Matt Thiessen liked three tweets that w- we had started off, but not tweets that we had made. No, not our <laughs> tweets or anything, yeah. just like other people's tweets. I mean, it's like the six degrees of tweet separation. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically, he's a co-host. But if he's out there, if Matt Thiessen, you're out there, give us a call at 402-95-SADY. <laughs> Dude, Send us, uh, <laughs> dude, you can't you can't be that thirsty. That's... <laughs> especially because, especially because early on we were like promising the band we would never like because not just you guys but other song by song podcasts I listen to and not just Blink One Fifty Five but a bunch of them are always like we got to get this person on our podcast we got to get this person on our podcast and I'm like Jessica and I are not comfortable doing that. <laughs> yeah. It is weird once you cross the threshold. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You should plug all the places people can find you guys. So, uh, yeah, we're on all, all the usual podcast places. And um, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter, which are both Sadie Hawkins Pod. And uh, we have our phone number, which is 402-95-SADIE. Leave us a voicemail. And we also have a YouTube page that I've been getting some stuff. I mean, we just uploaded our episodes right now, but I'm working on some like Reliant K type videos to upload there. So if you subscribe to that, 
you'll get the YouTube version of our episodes and hopefully some cool Relying K related. Basically, after watching all of these fan edits and stuff, I'm like, I should start doing some of these. I've, I've learned a thing or two from from Joe Joe 14 or whatever. All these random. Oh, never mind. Awesome. I was gonna I was gonna reference a specific. What was that Lord of the Rings one? Oh, Archer 14 gosh. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that was. What's uh What's Danny Stairs's handle? It's like. Uh, I can't. It's a very obscure, like Elvish word. I can't even. Yeah. Think of it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, it's A E Grinko. Uh, yeah, something like that. Golden Archer. Golden, Golden Archer. Archer. That go. was the That's name of the guy who uploaded a Lord of the Rings Relying K fan video. And when I first watched it, I thought it was going to be Narnia because I was used to seeing Narnia Relying K fan videos. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> it's Lord of the Rings. That's amazing. Gotta uh, get, gotta get Nikki, Nikki Peak, get Nick Polk to. Yes, he's judge. also an Elvish enthusiast. <laughs> um, well, I look forward right. to that. I also yep. think that if you guys ever do start your movie pod, I would like to guest on it. So get that going again. Okay. Uh, John probably has some DVDs he can bar lend you to. <laughs> nice. Many DVDs available to lend. We have all the URLs for it. Like we have. Yeah, we. All the names it's called saved. Cinema Cataclysm. So if you go out Ooh. there and look for Cinema Cataclysm, yeah. uh, the word nothing is active on those, but it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> don't 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 pitch this too hard. John is going to leave the podcast <laughs> to like to co-host with you. If you would have asked me a couple years ago whether I'd be co-hosting a movie podcast or a, a Christian alternative 90s music podcast, I would have asked the former, but I'm happy with my life choices, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. Good to talk to you guys. All right. Great to talk to you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Later, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.